<laughs> and that is how you say where are the toilets in Gwalandralorian <laughs> next week's Gwalandralorian lesson I'll tell you how to ask Uelastad Uelastad which of course translated to English is welcome to Big Damn Cast my name is Christopher <laughs> I failed at every language Johnson and my name is Donde esta la biblioteca how are you all Oh, good. Good to hear. Good to hear. <laughs> um, we are here with special guest Minnie the Small Chihuahua. She's basically asleep. Mm. Not quite yet, but more or less. Essentially, your existence in this house tires her out in a really nice way. She gets yeah. so excited that she passes out within 20 minutes. She gets so excited and I get very nibbled. Yeah. Well, you are delicious. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a nice nibble. <laughs> wow. That's my baby. That's my furry daughter you are referring to. Christopher! Yes? What are we talking about today? I don't fucking know. (laughs) I know exactly what we're talking about. That's why you keep me around. We are going to dig into Jordan Peele's new opus, the first part of the year of the Peele. We are going to dig into us. You'll have seen our little video review on YouTube. Uh, That's spoiler free. We're going to dig deep on spoilers today here on this show we're going to catch up on some of your emails that we haven't got to over the last couple of weeks and but first and first and first buts buts bit of news i so cocker what has occurred in the pop culture landscape so you know this little movie that's coming out in a couple of weeks called avengers endgame uh a lot of house thing yeah, yeah so sort of part yeah. two of, of the part one they did yeah, like yeah, a, yeah yeah um they released 32 new posters for it. Yes, they did. Which see, <laughs> Some of which seem to confirm previously unknown information about who did and didn't survive the snap. And also, oh, who is and isn't appearing in this movie. Yeah. So apart from all the usual suspects, basically we've got two sets of posters. We've got one set in full colour, which are the people who did survive the snap. And one set in black and white, who were the lost and the tagline is Avenge the Fallen. Um, yeah, they're Avengers. Yeah, yeah, he shed yeah. it. He shed it. Some conspicuous... Um, still conspicuously missing, actually, mm. are... Um, what was the name? Nakia and uh, Baku. Yeah, now, okay, now, Nakia, I kind of get because she wasn't in part one so you don't want to highlight it so, but there are a few characters here that weren't in part one but that we had been told had shot stuff for part one yeah which implies that they have shot stuff for part two as well um umbaku though is you see him at the end he's of the in there he's, he's looking there. out over the other the others being snapped away yeah um he but maybe is maybe there. he doesn't maybe he doesn't play a role in part two and that's why he's not there so i kind of get that like maybe yes. Mbaku is not in part two of, of the film, which is fair enough. But um, he was a beautiful little cherry on top of the Wakanda fight. Like he, he and his, he and the border tribe literally rock up at the last second, yeah. join in, and it's then just good. add to the numbers. So it's like fair enough. Uh, but yeah, so so some 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 who did not survive the snapping that were I don't think there are suggested any... in interviews and press, but not confirmed on film, have now been confirmed. Uh... Specifically, Shuri. 
Shuri did Shuri get snapped. Is, is, is among the fallen. Yeah. Along with her brother T'Challa. Um, among the uh, living, living. Happy Hogan. Happy Hogan. Pepper Potts. And Valkyrie. Valkyrie. Oh, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah! Maybe she's what delivers the final blow, and it's just she drops a vodka bottle. I just <laughs> want his head. Just like I just, I just rocked up last second. I've gone back to being drunk. <laughs> more, more Tessa Thompson Valkyrie, please. Yes, 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 um, yes. So yeah, that movie's what like three weeks away now. Yeah. Oh God. Um, uh, as of the release of this podcast, it'll be about uh, just under four weeks from release. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm so jazzed. Oh my! I'm so jizzed. I'm so jazzed. I get back from I get back from a job. In Manchester, I get back to Manchester from a job the afternoon of uh, Endgame coming out. So uh, yeah, twenty sixth of April. I'm I'm in two minds about whether to get an early train, see it, then meet Lucy after work and go and see it again, or whether or not I just have breakfast in Glasgow, or I'll be take my time, get a midday train, and then see it once in the evening. We'll see. Um, So down. I cannot wait. But yeah, this it's an interesting campaign because a lot of people have said Loki's in the (laughs) fault. But Loki wasn't in the snap. Yeah, but neither was Gamora. Neither was Gamora. Um, but then by that logic, where's Heimdall? I'll tell you why that's happening. Heimdall's definitely dead, guys. Loki is appearing in the film. Yes. And Gamora will totally come back. Because she's, oh, conne- yes. she's connected to the stones. If, if, if everything is reset to a degree in, in relation to the gauntlet. If everyone who disappeared in the snap didn't come back. And there's plenty of time to do that because apparently this movie's three hours long. Yeah. Well, the last one was I think just, just under two and a half. Yeah. And that was after they trimmed. They decided to trim some stuff out. Um, but then I think just, just for the, for the yeah. flow of it, they thought that for the flow it needed to drop a couple of scenes, and those were, by the sound of it, the opening uh, set on the Asgardian ship, half the half of the tea, half of uh, the half that were left alive, evacuating or being allowed to leave. Which would have included Valkyrie. Valkyrie. Um, so yeah, because because that's the thing. Like he talks about, I got to my ship, killed half of it, half my people, and obviously when you see the opening scene of Infinity War, you're like, everybody's dead except for Thor and Loki. What's going on? Yeah, it's because everybody everybody was descended upon. Half of them killed. The half that were left alive were presumably allowed to leave or made to then leave because Thanos knew he was going to waste the ship possibly. And if I were Thor. I would have made Valkyrie go with the rest of the Asgardians to make sure they're safe. Yeah. yeah well, no, it wouldn't have been up to Thor. It would have been up to whoever Thanos oh, didn't course. round up in a corner. Of course. Yeah. Fair. Impassionate. Fair? I mean, you murder people, you dick. Perfectly um, balanced. As, as all things, things should be. Um, oh, I'm really looking. I... I'm jazzed. I love the fact we've seen, aside from his hand in one trailer, fuck all of Thanos. Because it's making you wait. You're going to have to come see the film if you want that payoff. And also like what he's going to be up to in this. Yeah. And what they're going to try and do to take him down. His children are gone. Um, you know, he, he is on his own in a self-imposed exile. Retired, retired essentially. <laughs> like, living out the remainder of his days away from everyone. Yeah, because we've seen the scarecrow of his armour, haven't we? Yeah, and, and, and it's that whole thing of, like, what will you do? And he's like... I can finally relax. And uh, was it? 
uh, and sigh sigh relief whilst looking out in a grateful universe. I'm going to make wicker furniture. <laughs> I'm going to learn banjo. But I won't have to make sofas as big as I used to because there's half the people to sit on them. Well, that happens in... It's not an Infinity Gauntlet, I don't... No, it is an Infinity Gauntlet. What? You see an image of it in Infinity Gauntlet. You see him talk about what he'll do when it's all said and done. No, after... And you see, you see him, like, literally just running a fucking cornfield. It, like, no, it's the, end, it's the end of Infinity Gauntlet. It is Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, he's a farmer. Okay. Because that's where the um, armor scarecrow image comes from. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure it's expanded on in another Thanos work where, like, it shows him living out those days. But later on it shows him turning back on it and becoming evil Thanos again. Ah, uh, yeah. Of course, because he helps reverse in, things uh, in Infinity, Infinity Gauntlet. Not Infinity Gauntlet, in Infinity... That's not Infinity Gauntlet ends, but I think yeah. it's Infinity War, I think he comes back, or Infinity Crusade. Yeah, Infinity War, which, one which, of them. which they re-released in trade paperback last year, obviously to coincide with the title being the same. Stop it! It has nothing to do with it, aside from Thanos is involved and Adam Warlock's in it, which, again, is a tie-in to Infinity Gauntlet. I don't know. What are the best Thanos stories? Uh, um, For me, Tha- Thanos Rising... The, Where he the first pre- turns the prequel up. story about him going from like being born to becoming the Mad Titan. Where he really turns good. up I think early I think on. It might be Jason Aaron. It's really good. I think it is. Uh, Where he turns up early on in Iron Man or Avengers, and he's got his name on his helicopter. <laughs> he's got a helicopter with his name. With on. his name on it. Fuck yeah. Um, and Infinity. <laughs> if you read the whole thing, Infinity is really good. He's pretty good in an the John, the Jonathan Hickman. Avengers New Avengers yeah, yeah. and Infinity that's really good Annihilation which one's Annihilation uh, the, it's the one they started to sort of reimagine, like reboot the cosmic end of the Marvel Universe so it's yeah. um, they revisited Nova and made him the only Nova again yeah and, and he's got he's got to band all the cosmic characters together to face off Annihilus's Annihilation wave <laughs> And Annihilus, Annihilus is the Fantastic Four villain from the yeah, negative the zone. Yeah, the dude. Yeah, with the big old wings. Um, and Drax is a part of it as well because one of the subplots is Drax wanting to kill Thanos. Which is he where... does, in fact, yeah. in, in, in the course of Annihilation. Is he Drax, Drax at that point? Or he's, is he the Destroyer still? No, like, he's, he's the Drax. With his weird the, costume. He's the his, modern Drax. And his, and his broken point. caveman dialogue. Yes. No, it, this is, this is <laughs> post the miniseries... Which made him into modern Drax. Okay. Um, Reimagine. I also like the short-lived title Avengers Assemble. From yeah, the first arc that, 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 that Bendis did on... Because Bendis with only Bagley did the on first act. With Bagley. First act. I, read, yes. I, read, I read the first two trades. They were both pretty good. Yeah. Um, they, they, they were sort of a, hey, if you don't know anything about the wider continuity, that's cool. Here's an Avengers book. Yeah. Come and read it. It's it's starring a, a, a lineup of the six you know from the movie you just saw in cinemas this summer, guys. It's 2012. Did we mention it's 2012? And Thanos is the villain of the first <laughs> book. And then and it's, um, and it's a neat little sort of you know. Hey, did you want to think I was after the credits, but you don't know comics? Come and read a story about yeah. it. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, and then Kelly Sue DeConnick took off. The... <laughs> do, you want to, do you want me to take the dog out of the room? No, Matt's no. Matt's uh, okay with my dog, but he's allergic to her joy. And she's in a happy mood. She's in a sleeping mood at the moment. She's sleeping up next to me. Uh, well, Don't think about how it. comfy she is. It'll make you sneak questions. Um, but yeah, uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick took over after that. And it was a pretty good book. But it was it was kind of in the shadow of uh, Hickman's Avengers. Because that was when Infinity was going <coughs> up, wasn't it, at that point? <clears throat> Hickman's yeah. coming back to Marvel to take over X-Men. Really? Yeah. Nice. Do you want water, by the way? <laughs> Would you want a helpful flush system? 
No, I'm good. I'm good. Would Hickman coming back to take over X-Men for system? <laughs> Can he take over X-Men for a bit and then team up with Dan Slot to do a Fantastic Four event? I don't want a Hitman to go back to Fantastic Four. You think that that Golden Age exists in its in its bubble universe? Hitman, Hitman and Hitman and Dan's Fantastic Fours are very different. Both very enjoyable. Oh, so, so yeah. good, so very very good. <laughs> I think I only ended up getting one volume of Hitman Fantastic Four in the end. I want to get more. I picked it up in Germany while I was waiting for a flight. Hitman's I found is... a comic book store, and most of the stock was in English. Oh, nice. So I, I picked up volume, I think one. Hitman's, of Hitman's run on FF. Hitman's is more cerebral. It's like his Avengers. It's cerebral and sort of epic in scope. Oh God, the Council of Reeds. Yeah, and the emotion of it, <laughs> the emotion of it comes from um, the the grandeur of it. It's weird to think that that inspired something else in pop culture. I know, that people right? Probably know more, uh, more familiar with. Um, and then, yeah, da- Dan's fa- Fantastic Four so far. I mean, again, it's only seven issues in. Is very much more. Uh, the family dynamic book. It, it reminds me of um, what I've read of Dan's. I think I've read the first two. I'm waiting for the trades. Uh, I've. It reminds me of the Lee Kirby sort of sense of fun and adventure. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. But it also reminds me of the... Oh, who was writing it in the late 90s or 2000s when uh, Mike uh, Green goes on... Mark Wade. Ma- uh, Mark Wade. Mark Wade. Yeah. That, that kind of, again, yeah, yeah. just sort of... This is kind of dark in places well in but terms it's told of, in a really bright fun package in terms of fantastic four right runs mm-hmm. way off topic here but we'll get back <laughs> that's it. fine in terms of fantastic hey guys, four runs if you like Avengers like, movies go and read a fantastic four book the big the books are of, amazing the big sort of well regarded areas of fantastic four uh lee and kirby john byrne um wade and warengo mm. i love uh, wade and warengo's run hickman yeah and now Dan Slott's taken over, so... Is it weird that I don't like John Byrne in all of his work? No. I only really enjoyed no, him, uh, some of his Superman, which is ridiculous, but I enjoy it. I don't like all of Bendis' stuff. Like, I don't think Bendis was a particularly good fit for X-Men, and he, I, he was a really bad fit for Guardians. I think he was pretty good for all new X-Men. I kind of dug that. But yeah. I, think, I think it's because he, he can handle the teenage superhero thing really well. Yeah, but I don't think his Guardians was good. Yeah, I read the first... 20 of that and I found myself I found, I found that bit, that was when I was like I've got a bit more disposable income so we're spending like 20 quid a week on yes. comics and that was one of those books where by the next Wednesday I hadn't devoured it yet like no. I still sat to the side I just didn't have I, the urge to keep reading I've and, liked then, and then it started Black Vortex and all the bloody Venom shit started and I was yeah. like I'm just so bored now I've liked his Superman oh, stuff oh it's the Venom symbiote but it's on group What's that gonna look? Oh, it's a, oh, a black group with a freaking white spider on it. Okay. Oh no, it's on rocket. What's that gonna? A black yeah, rocket a black with a white spider. On it. Yeah, we get it. Okay. I um, I like, I like so to see stuff. But not the only time that's ever interested me is the Daniel Way Venom miniseries event. I really mm. enjoyed that, and what Dan Slott did at the end of his Spidey run with the Red Goblin. That's the only time. Ah, uh, see, I'm not too excited. Symbiotes yeah. getting involved with other characters has been remotely interesting to me. Yeah. Oh, and when Mark Miller did Venom being handed over to that mobster's son in the Marvel Knights run. Oh, yeah. That was fun. Because it just leaves him mid-leap. Just because, I'm sorry, Angelo, you just don't have enough Venom. Just detaches from his body as he's leaping between buildings. And the guy just plummets to his death in his little freaking, like, love heart underwear. He just plummets to his death and dies. That sounds like a Mark Miller's thing to do to someone. Um, Anyway. That is a damn fine run. Um... More like, another writer who's great, but not always. <laughs> I th- another writer, I think... another writer who's great, some of the time. <laughs> I think I think about the point in Mark Miller now where I think he's done more bad work than good. 
Like like um Harry Potter films. No. No, 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 there's still there's still eight good ones. Uh... Star Wars? Are we at the point where there are more bad Star Wars than good Star Wars? No. And as someone who didn't like The Last Jedi, I would count that as good Star Wars because it's good filmmaking and everything and storytelling. I and think it makes a lot of people happy, so I wouldn't say the only The only Star Wars film that I would call an absolute trash fire is Attack, Attack of the, the Clones. Clones. Thank you! Like, Phantom Menace Everyone is... Everyone always says Phantom Menace. It's not it's the content. worst. It's just... It's boring. Yeah. But it's got, it's got visual iconography in there and yeah. some really interesting set pieces... And it is a story of sorts. Revenge it's only flaw as a story is it doesn't have a protagonist. Yeah. That's Phantom Menace's only flaw. Yeah. There isn't a central character or or defined like pair of characters who are our leads. Revenge of the Sith is, is fine, if a little unremarkable. Yeah. As as is Everyone blew it because they were just amazed at how better how much better it was compared oh, to the previous God. film. Attack of the Clones is barely a film. Yes. It's barely a film. I, I think I've said this before. I When the Saga box set came out on Blu-ray, I snatched up immediately and then decided to do something I'd never done, which was watch them all chronologically. Ooh. And I watched Phantom Menace and I had a laugh and I was like, oh, that was shit, but I had fun. That was great. I remember, oh, I remember being really fond of this bit as a kid. and Oh, that was great. Okay. Yeah, it came out when I was uh, 11. So yes. I'm, I'm got, it's going to yeah. have a... a, a oh, I was eight. I was eight. You know, the Argos used to be at the... the there's shopping for near Sainsbury's. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. There was an Argos there. Um, it was the only place that I managed to finally get Darth Maul's action figure. I, I tracked it down Maul's. forever, and I couldn't uh, find oh, it. Oh, the only ones I had were Darth Maul and Obi Wan. Yeah, I've got them upstairs in a, yeah. in a lunchbox. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I, and then I got to Attack of the Clones the next night. Had to stop halfway through because I was just shouting at the screen. It's just a slog. It took me nine months it's before I went, oh, I never slog. finished that marathon. And I just yeah. put Attack of the Clones back on while doing the ironing. And then the next day, the pacing picked up again. So I had a nine-month break yeah. between an hour into the second movie and the rest <laughs> of the song. Well, <laughs> speaking of taking a break, oh. that's what Fox have, have done with mm. the, uh, the X-Men franchise. Yeah, you teased me with this, you little tease. So, we know Dark Phoenix is coming in a, in a few months. A couple months. Apparently, yeah. Uh, well, it's, it's got a new trailer out there. It's got a release date. It's being marketed in cinemas <laughs> now. Actually marketed in cinemas. Um, Coming to theatres. New Mutants, on the other hand. Oh. Rumours are... Oh. Now, keep in mind, and what I find quite poignant is, uh, the day we're recording this is Wednesday the 27th. Yeah. In a couple of hours, recording another episode with a very special guest who joined us for the first time on this podcast for an episode about New Mutants. Well, we were talking about New Mutants. imminently being released we talked, at that point. We talked, it was when the first trailer came out. Yeah. And and it was it was due, I think, about six or seven months after the trailer. Yeah. It was when the film was due. Uh, and that was two years ago. It's currently <laughs> slated for August. Yeah. Whether it will come out or not, I don't know, because... <laughs> Having having been put back from last March to last yeah. October to possibly this month to now then August, to this August year. coming, yeah. Um, so that's that they they wrapped this ages ago, then did some reshoots ah, to rumored add a new character. Well, rumors are that they did reshoots, and rumors are they did reshoots a to make it scarier. Okay. And some rumors came out. Oh, I think this is. Fanciful yeah. at best yeah. that they'd done reshoots to add in Daphne Keane's X23. 
That's weird to me. That because be that weird. would set New Mutants about 30 years into the future. Well, let's not even go there. Uh. Um, but, so Maisie Williams and Sophie Turner did a Rolling Stone interview where they were talking about like the end, the in, imminent ending of Game of Thrones, which yes. is what sort of made them stars. Because they play Sansa Stark and Daria Stark, respectively. Yes. Um, but they're also Jean, uh, Jean, Grey, Jean Grey and Rain Sinclair. Uh, so okay, Phoenix and a werewolf lady <laughs> in in now X Men Dark Phoenix and New Mutants respectively. According to Maisie Williams, yeah. so New Mutants comes up in the interview, and according to Maisie Williams, it's in corporate limbo, partly thanks to the uh, the Fox Disney merger. Okay, but um, <laughs> she states in the interview in frank fashion, and I quote. Who knows when the fuck that thing is going to come out? Oh. Do you know why? She's probably frustrated as hell. She's probably invested so much time into it and gone for it and been really excited to be in a superhero movie. <laughs> it a comic it book wouldn't film. surprise me. And then that comic book film has been nearly two years of not being released. Uh, she remem- she recalls <laughs> talking to Charlie Heaton, who's in it as he plays Sam Guthrie slash Cannonball. Yeah. Uh, you'll know him from Stranger Things. Right. Um, and she, she asked him. What the fuck's going on with this movie? And he didn't know either. Right. And she said, hopefully this interview will make everyone hurry up a little bit. Um, That's frustration right there. That is that is her going, oh, fucking hell, stop asking me, everybody. Now that I've said it, maybe Fox will have to respond in some way. Uh, and she also addressed the re- reshoots uh, and says that they haven't reshot anything. That she knows of. They haven't reshot anything. That she knows of. If there's a reshoots, they she wasn't called back for him and Charlie Heaton wasn't yeah. called back for him. Yeah. So that's two of your principal cast who didn't come back for reshoots. But as proved by uh, Red Light Media recently with the movie Spookies. Oh, uh, well. <laughs> entire extra sequences and subplots could be shot to pad a movie out that have nothing to do with the original sets or actors. Yeah. So That film had, like, what? Like, I think they said an additional 20-odd minutes added to it of just that dude orchestrating things from another room that had... Fuck all to do with what they shot originally. Well, she... If so, that's making me fascinated even more about this film and how much of a potential train wreck it could be. Uh, well, oh, even... Um, <laughs> even she then said, um, when they were talking about what if the... they, they She still wants it released because she says later in the interview it, it would be, again, I quote, it would be ridiculously stupid if they didn't do that. Right, so she's, bait, she's baiting Fox now. She's yeah, going, basically. Put the fucking movie out. <laughs> Just get it out. Don't come to me with like a PR thing saying, hey, can you not talk about it like that anymore? Just put some information out there, you bastard. Because we haven't had a trailer for about a year and a half. We haven't had a trailer since the first trailer. I'm sure. That, well, there not been another one since. Not that I recall. Could be wrong. I think there might have been a, t- a, 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 a spot or something that had been put together. Maybe. Because it was when they were going, no, it's still, it's still coming out. It's still coming out. Well, at the moment, it's slated for the 2nd of August. Which is up. I guarantee I don't know, I don't the think. thing that's stalling it is is Feige not going, hey, don't release your movie, but him, if because he's very ideas-driven as a producer yeah. obviously of the MCU, if they figured out what they would like to do with X-Men and it's imminent, that'll be my, that might well, be Feige, what's holding it up. Feige's already been out there saying, yo, don't expect anything with Fantastic Four and X-Men anytime soon. The earliest we can plan it is later this year. Bullshit. They're already We're planning not... it. They're, they're already planning it, just not in an official capacity. Do not expect to see anything until 2021. 
Well, at the earliest. Well, I don't know. I don't. I think he's pretty good at managing expectations. True, true. But... I think that's something you want to get ahead of, and we know that they're they've got a director for Shang Chi. They're looking at is that MCU the film? Yeah, they're looking at casting. But it's the not been announced scene. as like MCU. Like it's it's Marvel and Disney are making. It's it. not been announced where it production fits is beginning in the, in the phases. But would you that soon? Surely. I bet, they, I, bet they, I bet they've been waiting until, until after Endgame, Endgame so not to uh, spoil I, 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 think, I think Faggy said they'll wait until after Far From Home comes out. So that probably means no new ones later this year then. Which, no. which sounds about right. We've had three. It'll be like last year where we get three over yeah. the course of the um, summer. So, but we... Black Panther 2 is happening. Yeah, Coogler's, Coogler has confirmed he's working on it. Um, Scott Derrickson has talked about Doctor Strange 2. I hope that happens. So that's probably happening. Uh, yeah, because there's um, been rumours, because he posted a picture of... Strange and Namor having a fight underwater oh, so cool. and then deleted it. Oh, um, that would be a cool fucking way to bring in a character like Namor who doesn't wouldn't really work with his own film because no. A, you really got to sell it to new people who don't know him, and B, and Aquaman's, B, a thing, Aquaman's a thing. Um, um, but if you have Namor in a Doctor Strange movie, then you're putting two of the original defenders in a film together, so that's no bad thing. Um, um Spider-Man's getting a third. You are getting a third Spider-Man. Guardians 3, though delayed, is happening now. Guardians 3 is happening, but not until 2021. A Black Widow movie's happening. Black Widow movie's happening. Uh, was just ca- Florence Pugh was just casting that. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Okay. Um, uh, Shang-Chi's happening. Yeah. That, I don't know when. That excites me, because that means that they're still going for ca- lesser known or on-brand well, characters. They're also talking about Eternals. Yeah, oh, we, mentioned this we know yeah. they're developing Eternals and they're looking for an openly gay lead. Okay. Um, other than that, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, we there'll definitely, oh, be, there'll definitely be a Captain Marvel two, if not a film there will be a with Captain, Captain Marvel, Marvel in the lead. Yes, uh, she will be heading up the Avengers, I reckon. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't I think, think we'll I don't see... think necessarily we'll have Captain Marvel two, but we might have like. Uh, Avengers the, something and it's whatever the next as, as the lead character. Avengers ends up being it'll be Captain Marvel Falcon Bucky uh, well Falcon and Bucky might not because oh, yeah, they're um, they're, they're getting a show oh yeah of course of course yeah. Um, but yeah I mean it could it, it's going to be interesting but well, I don't think we're going to get any fantastic Corgan Meek do Dallas I don't know Corgan Meek but yeah I mean things are happening you mean I've got things to take happening. off my wolf <laughs> oh my god they haven't pulled you off <laughs> that's oh. in a Disney film that makes me so happy piss off ghost you know I was watching I was watching last night um, uh, Beware the Creeper the, the penultimate oh, okay, episode yeah, of Batman yeah. Yeah. And I didn't realise just how much sexual humour is in Batman the Animated Series <laughs> have you seen Batman oh, right the <laughs> No, but you know, well, yeah, well, this is like four or five episodes later, and this is the last Harley and Joker appearance in okay, the show. Yeah, and it's but like the whole thing is just Jack Ryder basically going like, "I'm mutated now, and I fancy that clown woman. I'm gonna beat up the Joker and shag his girlfriend." <laughs> and that's basically the plot of it's, it. It's, it. What's really weird is he actually says that in the episode. <laughs> I'm gonna beat up the Joker and shag his girlfriend. Um, but Harley and that—that's when the Joker comes back, and Harley's in a pie. And she basically sings a happy anniversary song because it's seven years since he came out of the chemicals. And she says, don't you want a slice of my pie? Oh, you're talking to a slice of my pie. Uh, whilst covered in cream. Yeah. That she then licked off of herself. Uh, 
Bruce Tim does like drawing scantily clad uh, slash semi naked well, In this case, she's completely caked, so her outline of the costume's there, but caked. Yeah. In in white goo. Frosting. And then she throws it on, like, throws some at the Joker and it's his shoulder stuff and whatever. La, la, la. And he kicks her out because he's just not in the mood for that and he wants to do other stuff. He's never in the mood for that and he always wants to do other stuff. But then there's this wonderful, Anal. wonderfully pithy line where he throws her outside and he closes the door and he goes, uh, it's just like, um, great kid, enthusiastic, but oh, lousy cook. <laughs> You're just like, wait, <laughs> hang on. Love it. Hang on. Love it. Hang on. Um, <laughs> with that, with that, Christopher, <laughs> I think we should probably sink our teeth. <laughs> Sorry. We should probably sink our teeth into the main topic of, t- of today's episode. Article 50. <laughs> no, that's no. No, it no. is a horror story, though. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, let's let's be brief on this, but let's, let's be spoiler-free for a little bit. For a little bit, and this... then we'll split that rock wide open, and if you want to hear your emails but not hear spoilers for us, check the time codes to skip ahead. The first part of 2019's Year of the Peel. <laughs> it's the Year of the Peel. <laughs> do, 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 do. We got John Peel's horror movie, um, family oriented, not family oriented, family featuring. Yeah, horror uh, movie. A ho- a ho- family centric, uh, family centric horror, horror movie. Not for families, about families, about um, about uh, about our other selves. With a incredible leading performance from Lupita Nyong'o, an incredible lead performance from Lupita Nyong'o. Uh, it is, of course, <laughs> us. It's us. It's us. It's us. We're off to see the wizard, the wonderful wizard of us. <laughs> thanks, I'll probably end up singing that in a few weeks' time. Um, thanks for that. You'll end up singing it later tonight. I know what you're like. Uh, you'll be singing it for the next three weeks. Uh, what are you? We're Americans. Us! Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a 2019 horror film... Directed by Jordan Peele, starring Lupita Nyong'o, Winston Duke, and a bunch of other awesome people who we'll get to later. Including two insanely talented child actors. Everyone's going to get name-checked, kids, don't worry. Mm. Um, It is about a family who, while holidaying in California... Santa Cruz! Santa Cruz! (laughs) ...are faced down by an identical versions of themselves. But what do they want? And, and where did they come where from? Where did they come from? And where are we going? Um, <laughs> yes. That, to say more... To say, would to spoil say more things. than what you see in the trailers would spoil things. But um, if you've ever been scared by a home invasion movie, this will do that for you. It pulls some of those uh, strings. If you've ever been scared by like really likeable actors... Doing some really creepy, fucked up things with a performance. Definitely pulls those strings. Definitely pulls those strings. If you liked uh, the way the story of Get Out was told, this is going to tick your boxes as well. Yeah. Um, I feel I feel like a lot of interviews, interviews, uh, reviews, and you know, actually even interviews with John Peel and the cast and stuff, unfairly bring up Get Out a lot in relation to this. It is. Because it's his sophomore film. Yeah. They all assume that... So Get Out was was what you want to say and you're going to continue to say it in different ways. Yeah. It's like, no. The similarities begin and end at this is a horror film and social constructs are 
discussed through the medium of storytelling. Well, it is like... But they're not the same ones from last time, so everybody please stop asking him about that in interviews, thanks. Like a lot of... Because <laughs> you can tell well, he's yeah. so bored of answering that like, question. Well, like a lot of good... Like all the best <laughs> genre stuff, and I'm assume, I assume we'll see this when his Twilight Zone reboot comes out yeah, later. Yeah, you've seen a couple of teaser trailers last few days. No, some of the episodes. no. <sighs> Look good. Um, Look good. I will have to check them out. But I'm assuming we'll see this when Twi- when Twilight Zone comes along. But a lot of the best genre fiction, be it horror, sci-fi, fantasy, whatever, is social commentary. Mm-hmm. Whether subconsciously or by design, it is either allegorical or applicable to society, commenting on aspects of it. So it absolutely is similar to Get Out in that sense. It is not touching on the same things. Oh no! Oh no! Um, so, you know, make that make of that what you will. Make of it what it be. Um, um, this is it's a, it's a horror fantasy with a little science fiction flavor in there. Yeah, please don't go into it thinking it's a science fiction. A lot of people have gone like, I didn't understand this because this didn't match up because the explanation for that doesn't make any sense. Please leave that at the door. Do it's not a film based in science. It's a film that uses science to tell its story to a point. Um, allegory is in there. Yeah, metaphor is in there. But what's in this one much more than the ones in Get Out is just a pure horror setting and story. A real good horror movie. Yeah, a yeah. lot of fun. And, and at the time, <clears> I remember going, "Oh, this is freaky." I really enjoyed it. It was hours after when I was lay awake at night. That I oh, really started yeah, to yeah. think about bits of it was going, oh, this has actually scared me more than I realised. This is really freaky. And it's when you start joining up the dots. It's very much a film that you will be thinking about afterwards and going, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and it seems from what we chatted about before, uh, by the end of the movie, it seems we both had a slightly different conclusion <clears throat> to it. Yeah. That will be interesting because it means we'll both have a different POV when we rewatch it. Yes. Which is really, really interesting to me that like the film can do that. Um, and and I'm just like, dude. Uh, Before we get into spoilers, yeah, I want to do hit. a quick cash shout out. Oh. Hi, cast. The Wilsons family. Yeah. The, the main family in the film. So Lupita Youngo as, as Adelaide, Winston Duke as her husband, Gabe, and <laughs> um, Shahadi, Shahadi Wright Joseph and Evan Alex as their children, Zora and Jason. Fucking phenomenal. Because, of course, all those actors also play the double versions of them as well. Yeah. And physically, mm. those performances are so distinctive yeah. a- across all of them that it's... Um, particularly from the younger actors. I mean, she had... Uh, she had it right, Joseph is... I don't know. I can't find her age here. I think she's um, 13. I think I've seen that somewhere. She's a teenager, right? Because anyway. the idea is, like, when, when that was thinking in an interview or whatever, someone was like, Holy shit. Like, for yeah. her age, to pull out those two performances. She's a relatively young teenager, and I think Evan Alex is... Evan Alex is young is younger. So sort of eight or nine. Um, I, I, I think he's supposed to be eight or nine, but I think he's probably, in, in reality, a little older than that. But either way, yeah. they're young teenagers at the oldest. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and Oh, Christ. Oh, my God. Um, and the performance that they are pulling... Performances that they are pulling out of themselves are... Astounding! Oh yeah, and really it's, amazing. It's just like holy shit. Um, so all the members of the Wilson family doing some 
fucking quality work here. Let's get into spoilers, because yeah. oh my my, there is some stuff to talk about in this movie. If you want our complete spoiler-free opinion on the film, beyond what we've already said, go to our YouTube channel, Big Damn Channel. Check out our Big Damn review of us. And don't go into this movie being spoiled. Yeah. It will... If you're about to listen to this next bit having not seen it, you're doing so at your own risk, that's fine, but we seriously recommend you don't. Yeah. I recommend you go see us, because yeah. it's really good. Spoilers. Everyone dies! Everyone dies! Well! <laughs> lots a lot of, of people, people die! Across America! None of the Wilsons Specifically do. throughout the centre of America. Hands across seems. America. Um, <gasps> where to begin? So, uh, I was thinking about it that much that I immediately searched up online. I was just like, I wonder what the people have spotted that I yeah. didn't see or that they've seen on rewatches. You know, at the beginning... Um, the very first thing we see is this caption that says there are thousands of tunnels. Yeah, thousands of miles of tunnels across, across underneath, underneath America. America. Um, like, some had uses uh, for military and storage across the years, but have now been left abandoned, and most people don't even know what they were there for. Yeah. And you're just given that. And then the film moves on. Yeah. Like, uh, that becomes evident by the end of the movie what what it's referring to and what that means. Yeah, it's very and good specifically at a tunnel network from one coast to the other is the focus of the film here. Well, um, I don't know if it is th- definitely throughout America, yeah. but like that that line seems to be where this rebellion has come from because you don't get a, you it don't coincides get a, with the very centre yes. of the country. You don't get an exact idea of exact. You don't get an idea of exactly what the scope mm. of the events in this movie uh, um, are. You know, it's bigger than what you see. Yeah, um, well, this, this is where I was saying about the science fiction separation. A lot of people have gone, well, hang on, how would they know exactly how many people, how would they know which people have to be in the middle? Because it's a fantasy horror, it uses science to explain part of its plot, but the rest of it is left open to your imagination to just sort of deal with. And yeah. not in a plot hole way, just in a, yeah, that's not important. Yeah, it's not. This is what's important. Yeah. Some um, movies are yeah. obsessed with the technicalities of how the plot works like Christopher Nolan's movies. Mm. Some yeah. movies are more interested in telling the story and you just have to make it fit however you make it fit. Well, I've seen a lot of people saying, how would the tethered um, uh, Adelaide, how would, how would Red, the original Red, yeah. know how to get out of the facility? Why would that happen if they all just mimic what's going on the surface? Because like, they make a point of like something was obviously a bit wrong with that one. Something yeah. was a bit different. And what's the explanation to that? Is like genetically was she wrong as a clone? This and this, like she's not even an original generation clone, guys. They make it clear that these these tethered have babies identical to the ones on the surface. Yeah. Well, how can they do that? Because it's not about the fucking logic of that, guys. Yeah. They're literally, so we should get into. They it. are literally shadow people mirroring what's happening on the surface, and her being slightly different is what kickstarts the plot. Without that happening, you don't get the story, yeah. everybody. So we find out. How did she know how to get out like it was no big thing? Because she's probably taken a peek before. So we, <laughs> That's why. We So we find out that... Oh my God, that annoys me um, so much and people get really shitty about So that. the doppelgangers are <laughs> what are called tethered. Tethered. And a lot. there are a lot of doppelgangers. As far as we know in the film, it's possible that everyone in the States has a doppelganger. Or at least a good chunk of them, because um, so Red, who is Adelaide's doppelganger, um, oh, keeping in mind there'll be multiple generations of Ted yes, as well, yes, because it, it doesn't say how far back this goes. Yeah, she reveals that the government 
had this program where they were where they worked out how to clone people. The clones didn't have souls, but they were connected. But to... where's the science? Fuck you! Like they mentioned the souls. This is this is how scientific it gets. <laughs> there's there's, um, there's realm of fantasy in this story, guys. They tried to use. She these... believes she was spoken to by God. Like that's yeah. it's you know the science fiction plays no part in this beyond the initial concept of cloning. They try to use these clones <laughs> to control. The America. people above yeah. by having the people above mimic their actions, but it it, it actually works the other way, mm. and the tethered mimic the actions of the people above, and they can't get it to work the other way. So they abandon it and leave these these tethered in these, the tunnel these, system. These possibly at the time, maybe just hundreds yeah. of tethered to to just live out the days and die. The thing is also down there is presumably again you have to fill the gaps in yourself. Presumably rabbits that were the test subjects of the cloning. And are now just providing raw food for the dead. That's just all they eat. They just eat raw rabbit. Fucking rabbit. And based on how clean some of the rooms are, they eat the whole damn rabbit. Oh, yeah. (laughs) They eat everything. Well, someone clearly comes in and cleans up and gives them fresh clothes. Because they all have... Or has done at some point. Because they all have clothing that matches... The people above. The people above. And they all have lockers. Uh, Well, that's the thing. And then some of the clothing they've got down below only sort of matches the people above. Yeah. So they've obviously just made do. Or, yeah, like because or, or, or like uh, the Thriller T-shirt, it's inside out. Yeah, backwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh gosh, so good. So that's what the doppelgangers are. And Red, um, who's Adelaide's doppelganger, as I said, she is leading a, a sort of rebel, an uprising yeah. of the tethered, where they're gonna the emerge from the tunnel. The untethering. The untethering. They're gonna emerge from their tunnels, all dressed in these red boiler suits with a, a fingerless leather glove on one on their right hand. And each has a pair of golden Which only scissors. only afterwards did I freaking realise the significance of that. Yep. Oh uh, my god. And each, they all have, they have a, a, a oh. pair of golden scissors, massive golden shearing scissors, and they set which, out which to again, murder. Never straight up explained, but there are things in there that suggest why scissors might be the weapon of yep. choice. Um, um, and they go out to murder their... Um, originals, I suppose? Yeah, like... They're, they're, or their they're, counterparts. Their counterparts. Murder and replace. Because as Red refers to it at one point, there was a girl and there was her shadow. Yes. So they're going to they're going to kill what they are connected to, gain regain their independence because of that. Like, they obviously have enough willpower to get this action done. Yeah. And then they will continue to live out. But they're going to send a message to the world well, to that- show them... Where that they exist and where they've been. That being said, though, by symbolically doing something that it's... Red has had in her head since she was a kid. Well, yeah, because none of the other tethered seem to be able to speak. They can sort of grunt animalistically. Uh... Um, there's um, so Abraham, who is Gabe's doppelganger, and yeah. Tex, who is. I like the fact that they've got their own names because, yes. of course, they wouldn't necessarily have names. Um, they, no, they, no, they wouldn't necessarily have the same names, and they're symbolic as well. Yes. So, oh, um, f- oh, fuck. Mm. The uh, yeah, the, the Tyler twins are called Iowa Nicks. I didn't know that. Um, the... oh, okay. Oh, Jason's is Pluto. Jason is Pluto, which is uh, the furthest planet from the sun. Yeah. Or you know, it's... Pluto is a planet. It's the Pluto planet from the sun. So is a planet locked away. He's <laughs> always yeah. locked away in complete darkness. Um, like this boy who was born underground would be. Um, but there's also well, there's, there's something else, Pluto, that is adjacent with flame. I can't quite remember what it is, but... Um, so, like, that, that shit is in there. He's also the dog of the family. Like, could be a Disney illusion as well, in a sense. Like, Pluto is the... He's the one who, of the four who acts like a pet. Yes. He scurries around. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like, oh my Definitely. god, this is creepy. 
Um, Zora's is called Umbra. Um, oh God, I'm trying to what that's it's about. It's just like a da- thing of darkness. Um, I read, I read, I read this the other day, and I can't remember what it is off the top of my head, but it'll come to me. Uh, Kitty's, uh, Kitty's Elizabeth Moss. So there's the Tyler family who are the Wilson family's friends. They're awful. Yeah, they're, they're, they're those sort of friends that they just kind of put up with. <laughs> they're like upper middle class layabouts, like super entitled. Um, Again, t- Tim. They, they don't do nasty things, but everything they say, the way it's written, yeah. the way it's performed, you go like. Oh. <laughs> Oh, like Josh nice is one people. of those guys who's like he's sort of a bro and has all the latest stuff um, and he's super lazy and just likes to lay about and, and enjoy all his stuff uh, Kitty his wife played by Elizabeth Moss is very um, gets like, drunk image to, obsessed gets drunk to keep up it's with vodka her, o'clock yeah to keep up with her marriage because she doesn't yeah. give a shit she's, she's image obsessed and undergoes surgery all the time and keeps won't let a conversation go without making sure the other person's mentioned it. They have um, two twins... That she uh, resents because they yeah. stopped her acting career, unquote. Uh, Becca and like, Lindsay, oh. who are both, like, tall, blonde, alpha bitches, gymnasts. Yeah. So... So they they, yeah. they they set up these characters as, these guys aren't nice. And then their doppelgangers turn <laughs> up and fucking murder them. Which is a horror trope. Because Peel respects the trope. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, the nasty bitch gets theirs. Oh, and in this case, the, the slightly nasty family but in, 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 who but are, are the shit. They're not so much nasty as sort of in ignorant. Yeah. But in like a sort of not a... a, a they're just sort of in like a... Oh, they're just a bit... They just don't but, get it. Well, the horror, the horror trope. The, 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 you will be punished for your sins and in their case, their sin is ignorance. If they're like... It, that, and that's probably too strong a word. Like their sin is sort of... Oh, but even, even then, they're tethered stay in the residence for a bit. Because they start to replace them. No, but also like they're waiting. Oh yeah, they're waiting for the will because they know that's where that that's when she figures out that like they know what we're gonna do because they're us. Yeah, like they know we're gonna go here. Like, and that's why we have to just keep. We can't stay here. We just have to keep driving because if we keep driving, even if they know that's what we're gonna do, they still have to catch up to us. And you, and we'll have more of a chance of surviving doing that than we would staying here. At this point in the movie, you've you've well, there's another reason why she might want to get as far away from that coastal town as possible. Well, we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll come to that later. But the. You start at that point in the movie. You start to see, you started to see the the tethered mimic their originals more and more. And oh, at, at first, you think, God. "Oh, they just mimic them because they're going to replace them." And then, as you find out later on, they've been doing that their entire lives, and they haven't known why. Abraham's is the most perfect example. Like Gabe, yeah. Gabe straightens his glasses quite a bit, pushes them on the bridge. Yeah, he's got that nose. habit of like pushing them up with his finger and. Abraham does it and Gabe sort of watches him do it and it's a little moment where it's Gabe going that's me holy shit because it's his mannerisms but then when he does it in front of Abraham Abraham sort of notices so when he's stalking him to kill him he takes the glasses off of him puts them on himself and does it and you almost see because Abraham is basically just a bear yeah, like that's all he is. He's just this he's big fucking this big tank of 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 a Winston Winston Duke's a big man. Yeah, but. The game. With, as the internet has been pointing out since this movie came out, delicious thighs. Oh man, <laughs> I have got just a little bit of a man crush on Winston Duke. Like the amount he of is... tweets along the lines of "Thank you, Jordan Peele, for giving us that scene where he just leans back on a bed in his boxes." He is a <laughs> lovely chunky man. Um, and Dick Daddy. We saw it. We saw it in Black Panther, and we see even more of it in this. Um, (laughs) Glory to Hanukkah. Glory to (laughs) Winston Duke. Uh, But yeah, so you've got like Winston Duke's a big dude. Yeah, but 
Gabe in this is very like sort of gentle and goofy he's, and he's, he's archetypal he's dorky dad. dad like yeah. he's embarrassing dad yeah but in like a really sweet endearing way yeah and then Abraham and even, even when he try, even when he plays hard he doesn't come across yeah, he as doesn't hard quite, he, he, come, he, he comes like, across as like mock hard it's, it's clearly someone trying to be tougher than he is he's hoping that acting he's hoping you know someone talk about this in an interview he's hoping that by Acting more archetypally black, he will come across as tough and yeah. frightening to, and the it, stalk, and, to the people stalking at the end of the driveway. Like, if, Th- that's as far as the racial commentary goes in this one. Yeah, guys. kind of. This yeah. isn't Get Out. That's that story. This is this story. Um, but like, yeah. in, in, a, in a way, the sort of race is almost inconsequential, which is really yeah. cool um, because it's not. That statement was made last time. This time, it's a horror movie with a different statement to make. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, yeah, Abraham turns up and he's just this <coughs> ginormous animalistic brute, yeah. and he's got some of Gabe's. Ma- he's got Gabe's mannerisms, but he can he can't talk it. it like it's sort of, Gabe's sort of bellows. Like, yeah, yeah. He's like a, it's like an animal roar. Gabe is is verbose and um, uh, you know, um, humor's like his main drive. He's, yeah, he's, he's funny. He's um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? I articulate, articulate. <laughs> Irony. I'm not. <laughs> Ironically, he's articulate, and I couldn't think of that word. Um, and Abraham just bellows. Yeah. Oh, it's even creepier when like, he's bellowing across the thing, and you're like, "Who's he yelling at?" And you assume at this point that maybe it's um, that maybe it's Azora's counterpart. Yeah. No, it ain't. It's it's he's yelling at. Tex, yes. who is Josh's counterpart, who you hear make that noise like fifteen minutes later, and you go, "Yeah, oh, and it, okay." Because again, Tex, Tex turns up, yeah, murders Josh, immediately takes Josh's like, uh, fucking horribly uh, cheesy, tasteless dressing gown, yeah, oh god, soaked in Josh's blood, yeah, oh. um, and it just has his mannerisms, yeah, like that joker bro dude mannerisms, mm-hmm. but right kind of down to when he's stalking as well, he's just kind of, well, yeah, like he's goofing around, he's like, eh, eh, yeah. eh. And, but even oh. does the thing where um, oh. as Kitty's bleeding out and she reaches up for him and he and he does the whole hand goes reach for her and then does it into stroking his hair yeah but in that sort of exaggerated way where he's he's doing he, he's kind he, of getting it now maybe yeah, yeah. he's and, almost enjoying it because he sort of understands it now and the sort of those dual oh, performances are really really clever yeah um can we talk about subverting respecting and subverting tropes a little bit oh god yeah because oh god yeah um i mean just even the old even to nods to other things the the twins um doppelgangers are for at least one shot specifically, very much just nodding to The Shining. Yes, there's a bit where they just stood there, hand in hand, staring, smiling forwards. You know, oh yeah, oh John. But is who, who have you seen him on the press tour? His outfits. Uh, he's, he's wearing. Peel has he's been, wearing Jack Nicholson's outfit from The Shining. He's dressed as dressed as uh, Thingy Torrance um, in, in on the first day of press. On the second day, he was wearing a scarf, a special knitted scarf that is the pattern of Freddy's sweater. Oh, God, like he's just I he's just him. been showing off his horror chops. I love him. He's been doing a lot of interviews along the lines of like, "What's your guide to horror?" And he's like, "Right," and he never mentions like Rosemary's Baby or The Exorcist or he never meant touches on the stuff that always comes up when he's like Ridley Scott what is horror to you he's like Nightmare on Elm Street Chucky I fucking love Chucky uh, uh, Critters is a guilty pleasure and you're just like yeah, yeah it always is you're um, right <laughs> nothing guilty about it that, those first two movies are, are pretty fun um, 
but there's there's, there's there's there is stuff in there. Um, but he um, Lost Boys is in the film, literally at the beginning. And this is something I didn't realize. Ah, uh, her mom, Adelaide's mom, when they're in the fairground at the beginning, in the flashback, uh, which is in eighty four, I think the flashback eighty four, eighty four, eighty six. It might be eighty six. The mom's talking about they're filming something down the pier. Like, do you want to go see that? And the dad's ignores when the dad's not really paying attention. Of to course, it. they're filming uh, that. Freaking, I can't remember the bit now, but in Lost Boys, the stuff that's at the Santa Cruz Pier. It's on the boardwalk, yeah. yeah. Lost Boys is in the film. It's in the film. Amazing. It's being filmed Amazing. in the time of the flashback in the film. Chud is a yeah. videotape at the Chud beginning. Chud is one of the videos in the beginning. And which the is the earliest sign of what the film is about. Yeah, it is about a failed government experiment living in tunnels underground. Because what, what, what is Chud? It's um, uh, cannibalistic humanoid underdwellers or something like that. Cannibalistic humanoid underdwellers. Yeah. Some, yeah, it's it's something. Underground dwellers. Yeah. Something like that. And it's like, wait, that oh my Don't god the even sequel. the choice of that videotape in the opening shot is deliberate because if you know <laughs> what that film is and think about it for a moment you go oh this is the plot of this movie don't forget the sequel like, this is the plot of this movie because they're eating other clones chud they might two. be rabbits but they're eating other clones bud the chud bud the chud <laughs> also this is the second the goonies appearance. is up there as well and they quote goonies later on I yeah think. this is the second appearance of the um is it the right way uh VHS box set in a movie this past month. The right stuff. The right stuff. Yeah, yeah. Captain Marvel picks it up and looks at it. Yeah, Captain yeah. Marvel. And then in this, it's filling most of the right-hand side of the screen yeah. in the opening shot of the movie. Um, <laughs> so weird. That's such a weird coincidence. It's... Oh, um, Jane Silent Reboot is paying homage to the Captain Marvel uh, cameo for Mallrats. Uh, Kevin showed a screen grab in one of the scenes in Brody's secret stash. He's specifically like rearranging the Captain Marvel part of the shelf. Excellent. So they're paying, they're paying it back. In so a mole rat's character is paying homage to Captain Marvel. Excellent. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. Uh, what so props up. The I thing- mean, thriller of it. Thriller gets a visual reference and some discussion toward the beginning. Obviously, the time of the release of this movie could not have predicted the current cultural conversation around Michael Jackson and his in, legacy. In the flashbacks, they mention that <laughs> Adelaide loves that, Michael Jackson that music thriller. video. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, thematically, Michael Jackson is in the fucking like tethered design. He's got the the one glove, the on singular right glove. So, like again, it's like holy shit. And that's something I realised after. I kind of got it later because the hands across America thing is obviously a big part too. Yeah, and the gloves are possibly a symbol of like you know this is. This is us untethered. Like we are untethered. This is our symbol of separation. Yeah. But then, of course, they're all holding hands, so it's glove to hand throughout the whole thing. But no, it's specifically it was a reference to to Thriller and Michael Jackson. Um, God, what else? Some of the tropes. I mean, let's talk about Hands Across America. So that was a real charity drive in '86. Yeah. It was um, where basically to try and sort of show that America was united against, I think it was homelessness and um, poverty. Poverty. America was going to try and connect coast to coast, a human chain from coast to coast, or several human chains from coast to coast. And obviously there were gaps because people weren't necessarily going to go off into the bloody woods and and little highways. But the idea was it was a symbolic thing. Like uh, Reagan was president at the time and he took part in it. There's footage of people on the White House porch doing it and all this. That informs... The uprising. That's the image that they use. 6.5 million people held hands in a human chain for 15 minutes 
along a path across the contiguous United States. May 25th, 1986. Yeah, yeah. It also explains why scissors might be the weapon of choice, because we know that some tailoring and stuff goes down in the tethered underground. Yep. Uh, Paper chains of people are part of it. So, yeah, and and John Peel said the the use of scissors as their weapon is because of the duality of scissors. We use scissors every day. They hold them. We use them in schools. We use them in craft stuff. We use them in the kitchen. We use them all the time, and they are a useful tool that we would be stuck without on yeah. so many things. You can also stab someone to death with them. Well, but well, we don't really think about shearing that. scissors like these particularly. Yeah. And also, most of the time, the tethered hold them upside down mm. so they look like two people standing back to back. Yes. There is yes. so much wonderful imagery in this film. But what the reason <laughs> I mentioned tropes is because one of the things that, with this and Get Out, that I, and I mentioned this in the review video we did, yeah. that Jordan Peele does... Is he's seen enough horror movies to make his characters genre savvy? Yeah. And when they aren't we're, genre we're savvy... Saying, we're, yeah. in a, we're in a post-Buffy world. Yeah. Like, why would the characters be ignorant of, of what's happening to them when they will have seen stuff of a similar kind of level of danger? So it Because feels, of the stories they've absorbed. Yeah, it yeah. feels more like... Pardon me. The, the, uh, <laughs> the reactions and the way the characters approach situations and challenges just feels more... I don't want to say believable because genuine. yeah, it feels more genuine. Yeah, um, yeah not believable because like that situation's not necessarily happening right and now. I think but yeah, the the one of the best examples in that movie in the movie and the, and also the way it sets up and pays things off. <laughs> and one of the best examples is the flare gun moment. <gasps> so, oh, and it, yeah. the, it set up so well. Like, so early on in the film, you find out that um, because Josh has a boat. Gabe has bought That's why Gabe's got the boat. Not because he wants no, one, but because he wants to Josh try and one. one-up Josh or catch Josh has got a boat, him. which we later find out is called Biotch. B-Yot-Och. The Biotch. The Biotch. Terrible. Um, that's the kind Terrible. of character Josh is. <laughs> um, and then he gets, so he gets the boat and then he's on the beach talking to Josh about it. And Josh is listing off all the things. And, like, and Josh is being like, "You yeah. got one, awesome." Did you do? But then did you get this? Did you get this? It's like, did you get the fire scene? Yeah. Did you get the first Yeah, yeah. Did you get the flare gun? And Gabe's like, "Oh, like, you got to have the flare gun. You got to get the flare gun." Um, and again, just to, him trying to go, "Ah, I've got one up on you. Yeah. I'm back, yeah." But cut to Tex. Um, Tex is chasing Gabe. Yeah. So one of the, another thing they do with Gabe very well yeah. is he's the biggest, most powerful member of the family. So immediately they take injure, that out by injuring his leg, fuck his leg up, yeah, straight away. So he can't really run. He's he, he he's using he has a baseball bat for most of the film, but he uses it as a stick, as a walking stick. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. He gets his he gets his leg knocked in and then dragged through broken glass yeah. in like the opening five minutes of the home up. invasion. To the point where I thought they were going to kill him off. Yeah, uh, I, really I, I kind of thought they would as well. I and mean, I yeah, think... I, I'm sort of pleasantly surprised that none of our four leads died. I, I think in a but we one of them does die to us. Yes, because it's like oh, again, we'll get okay. to that. Yeah. But in a in a lazier movie, they would have killed him off straight away because they didn't know what to do with him. Yeah, but Jordan feels very like just incapacitates him sort of. But you still get moments like this flagon moment. So, yeah. um, so Gabe, <laughs> so Tex is chasing Gabe out of the 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 Tyler's place. Gabe 
runs down, well, runs hobbles yeah. down to the because um, down to the dock. Because Texas is running after him because Texas is fucking with him. Yeah, like Josh would. Yeah, um, Texas is taking his time. Um, so he so he goes to the boat, <laughs> which is when you find out it's called Biotch. Yeah, um, <laughs> and he waits for Tex in the boat, and you already know because they set it up. That he's gonna shoot Tex with the flare gun. Yeah, you already know what's gonna happen. Or set him on fire. Or yeah, like, oh, he's gonna. The flare gun is gonna be the used right gonna be now. Used. Tex gets into the inside of the boat. Sure enough, Gabe has the flare gun. Fires the flare gun, and the flare just sort of flops down. <laughs> fizzle, ineffective. Fizzles and fizzles out. <laughs> and at that moment, you're like, "Oh, yeah, it's just because it sets up, sets something up. You expect it coming, and then he subverts it." It's yeah. really clever writing. It's brilliantly done. And it's and it's a combination of a knowledge of horror tropes and a comedic um skill. But then that also creates more tension because then he has to he has to wrestle um Tex in mm. this confined space. And you don't see it. Yeah. Because it, it leaves it open. You don't know what the fuck. And and, and you're not sure what happens either because Dahlia, who is Kitty's tethered yeah she sees the struggle and then she starts screaming mm. but then she starts laughing oh that's the thing a, a so you're not comes out yeah oh that was so you're not spot. sure yeah. if she's if if tex is like losing it and then kills gabe or if tex is winning or if or gabe oh, is winning but in hindsight like... she was enjoying watching her husband being hurt yeah because in real life her they hate each other apart fucking hated her husband Oh my god, that is so good. Oh, they don't want to have to hate each other. Well, then she, she, does... she doesn't like him. Like, we know that at least. She doesn't like being around him. But when she's bleeding out, she's crawling towards him. True. So True, but that. I suppose the tethered wouldn't have that moment, per se. No, no. Because, um, yeah, that, that happened after their separation. Yes. So the reconciliation sort of, like, yes. isn't something the tethered would necessarily mirror. Um, Because the soul... It, because, because fantasy! Um, so yeah, it's... Yeah, it's really it's a really clever. Call the police playing fuck the police. <laughs> oh yeah, there is some dark ass comedy in this. Yeah. Oh, because that's again. Do not mistake it. Jordan Peele is a comedy guy. Jordan Peele's a funny motherfucker. And just like in Get Out, comedy is in this movie and it is utilized perfectly. Yeah. Um, um, did you did not just say we should do a Home Alone? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, they have the Home Alone moment. It's like we can defend this house. We can bring traps. You're like Home Alone. You did not just bring them home alone in this situation. Both the kids go, what's home alone? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, no! <laughs> We're all huddling closer to the grave. Ah! Oh, no. Why do these children not know what home alone is? Uh, <laughs> Have you ever yeah. seen that really old movie, Aliens? <laughs> in Infinity War, just like, fuck you, Fuck Peter. you. Fuck you, Spider-Man. Um, <laughs> yeah. Isn't that really old movie, Empire Strikes Back? Fuck God you. damn it, Spider-Man. <laughs> How old is this kid? Um, yeah, it's it's very clever in that way. Like, let's talk about the big twist and key thing into that. So, the prologue of the movie is which is so beautifully oh, paced. The entire opening so and then letting you link, letting it linger with you by doing again, which I hope sort of becomes a staple of his horror movies. Like, did we get out? Yeah, and a long ass opening title crawl. Yeah. In Get Out, it's just a fixated shot of like the trees going past the car. Yeah. In this one, it's a very slow pull out from a rabbit cage to reveal just enough to make you go, "Wait, what?" It's like there's a, a wall. There's almost. a wall of rabbit yeah. cages, and I can see classroom desks. Yeah, 
what is this? And then it cuts away. Yeah. Okay. Right. And not- you don't see that shit for another hour and 20 minutes. Because uh, <laughs> you don't need to see that shit yet. But he just wants you to, just wants you to have that mental image in your head. So and- when you get there, you go... Oh. There are a lot of images in this film, and there is a uh, lot of that because the flashback is of Adelaide wandering off from her parents. This is the prologue. Yeah, she wanders yeah. off from her parents on the boardwalk. She in goes Santa into Cruz. this. Um, she, <laughs> well, goes, she, she goes to watch the storm, and then yeah. she sees it, it's something like um, like chief hunting bear or something. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah vision quest. Find yourself. Yeah, and then I love the fact I love the sort of rebranded years yeah, later. Yeah, they've rebranded it as Merlin's Forest. Yeah, like the idea that sort of you know it's a bit insensitive, yeah. but also like oh we need to paint up the front because the front is like repainted. Yeah. But it's still nicer. got the totem pole, you must be this high to enter thing. Yeah, inside. like they couldn't be asked like, to replace uh, that. And like inside. And inside is exactly the same. Like this, because it's the owl. Except, except the, the, the bit of the audio is more sort of like the mystical. Yes. It's like at some point they've probably re recorded something. Because you get, left it at that. You get the jump scare in the prologue with the owl popping, the animatronic owl popping out, and then when Adelaide goes in there later, she just fucks it up. Because she's replayed that. Out, she just whacks it with well, the fire. It's funny because I was like, oh, because she's replayed that moment in her head and again and again. And I'm like, Actually, no. Actually, she hasn't replayed the moment. Because, so what, she's so, just hitting the annoying thing. Yes. Yeah, so the prologue. <laughs> uh, you see Adelaide, and she and you and she's walking through this hole, and she gets stuck in this hole. She starts whistling. Itsy bitsy spider to yeah. herself, and then she hears someone whistling it back, but in a very broken, disjointed way. Itsy bitsy spider went up the water spout. Down came the rain and washed the spider out. Yeah. Doesn't say it's the same spider. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> God, and, that's creepy. And then you have no, I'm mo- thinking about it. That's really creepy. So it's about someone going out. And then someone else coming There's out. There's that wonderful image oh. where she's walking in front of what you think is a mirror. Yeah. And then she turns round, but her reflection doesn't. Her reflection's still facing away from her. Yeah. And then you see the reflection start to turn round, what you think is a reflection, cut to a, a face close up on Adelaide as she starts screaming, but again, it's silent. You can't hear anything. Yeah. And then that's the end of the prologue. Yeah. Well, yeah, we see uh, we see her parents... Um, talking to a therapist. Oh yeah, about why she isn't speaking. And... While Adelaide is just playing with a little sandpit table thing in the reception. Yeah, lining all the plastic animals up side by side, next to each other. Which is weird on reflection. Cause it's like, oh my god, is she, is she starting to think the other way? But we'll get into that. Yep. Um, um, <laughs> of course, and, oh, and, and throughout oh, the film, so Adelaide's oh, sort of reluctance to go back to Santa Cruz, you think he's... And she doesn't talk for, like... No. It's implied in, in her story later, months after that incident. Yeah. And it ta- it's like she takes up dance and that helps her bring her out of herself and then... And to the point where she's living a fairly normal a fairly normal life, a fairly normal and happy life with Gabe when we first meet her at the start of the film. Yeah, we skip forward, um, you know... How many years? Uh, 86 to 2000. So 22, 23 years. Yeah. So she's in her 30s and absolutely happy with the yeah. husband and two kids and she loves them all to bits. And they're going back to... Santa Cruz. I think, I think there's implications they've been to this... They've been to the house before. Yeah. Because it's a mum's house. Yeah. Okay. So this is like um, where either she... If not... It's where she grew up. Which again is a nice implication. It's a mum's house. Yeah. Not a parent's house. So the parents did... Well, we don't ways. know. Uh, the, the, well, there's, there's no, there's no like... There's lots of artwork of like young her and a mum. Yeah, there's, there's nothing of her and the dad. There's like one picture, I think, of, a dad, a of the like three. A there's a... one picture of the three of them somewhere in one of the rooms, if I remember. Yeah, it's implied that her dad's a bit of a deadbeat and a bit drunk. Yeah, so it looks um, like the mum and they're parted, arguing in the flash parted yeah. with dad. Um, and so they've gone back to and 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 her mum passed away 
at some point in the last couple of years because they say that last Jason's year, not quite yeah. coped with it. This is the first time they've been back here. Yeah. And she's obviously had no problem going back here before. But they don't go to the beach. They don't go to Santa Cruz. Yeah. But there is there is there is something about this visit that's it, we're weirding her out. Yeah. And it, and it coincidence. It seems yeah as as we think so as we think as we watch the movie we think it has something to do with the fact that the trip to Santa Cruz is the thing that she puts her on shaky ground. But she then talks about how, like lately she's been seeing more coincidences and it's really freaking her out. Yeah. Um and even oh my god and even what's her name a friend the was obsessed with uh, Kitty. Kitty even Kitty's like yeah that's been happening a lot lately and on reflection it's because she knows things are out of whack yeah like copycat behaviours coming to the surface yeah oh my god like the guy on the pier is the first tethered we see that we think we're the first tethered we think we see. Um, yes. The, the 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 guy who's walking around with the... Well, you see him in the flashback. Yeah, and what's he's the card? The, he's the it's Jeremiah, Jeremiah 11. Jeremiah 11-11. Yeah. Fucking which is a Bible quote. Mirror which is a Bible quote, which talks about how, like, um, it's something like... Uh, oh, I've got to pull it up. It's got to be on there somewhere, because, again, it is the plot of the well, film. Well, while you pull it's the out, plot of the film. So, yeah, it's he's, the he's plot the of the film. And then you yeah. see... Um, I bet if I search this now, it'll like it'll be the moment I start writing Jeremiah. It'll in, be the top one. Yeah, it's the top result. As you you see him, um, you see his body being put into an ambulance um, as they are driving to Santa Cruz Beach, and then Jason sees. Well, that's the thing. He's tethered on the beach. Yeah, well, that facing away from him. That's the thing. Adelaide doesn't look at that body like she recognizes him. Which you expect you to happen. You think she does. Yeah. But no. it, actually, no. You because think she she's, doesn't. She's never seen it. But you it. don't realise that she doesn't until later on. Yeah. It's it's fascinating. Like, she's just looking at it concerned parent style like, oh, that's a body. We're driving past a body. This Look, might be frightening We'll just kid. cut to the chase. So, you find out that what actually happened is <gasps> that Adelaide... Oh, my Adelaide God. Adelaide that we know in the film is actually the original Red... Mm, and the original yeah. Red escaped, pulled a switcheroo. Real Adelaide. Real Adelaide. Real Adelaide is our villain. Down in, the, piece, in yeah. the tunnels and then escaped to Adelaide's life. Yeah. Adelaide did, Adelaide in scare quotes, did not, not speak. She was traumatised because she'd never done it yet. No. And it took her a while to, to do it. Um, she began to dance to express herself because she already had been acting differently. Hence why she went up to the surface. Yeah. She started to dance to express herself and that kind of unlocked her as... Because again, this is the whole spiritual angle of the movie. That sort of unlocked her as the primary soul holder of this existence. Yeah, yeah. Like, she's Adelaide now. She's Adelaide. And that's everything. And and, and at the end, we'll talk about at the end, the film, the perspective on re-watching it can change based on how you take the end. Well, it's like you say when, she, when, yeah. when she's looking at the body, like she doesn't recognise him. Because, of course, she'd never met that version. She'd I just seen thought it. she was like, huh? I didn't re- read it. Of course I didn't read it as her not recognising him but because that, you don't think that when you first yeah. watch it. That's why she's scared of coincidences because she's starting to think more and more about, hang on, is my old life coming to the surface? Yeah. But that's why she feels like, I feel, lately I feel like more than ever she's been watching me. She's following me and she's talking to, to Gabe about this story she'd never told him before about seeing someone who looked like her as a child. And then running away, which is not quite what happened, is, is it, Which is genius because she probably is she probably does on a spiritual level feel like she's watching because she knows something's different. And yeah. that's why this time she's frightened to go back there. Yeah. 
because she knows someone's different because the tethered are linked to us. In Although a they way. do mention that they've never been back, they've never been to the beach. Yeah, not, yeah, not to the Santa Cruz, which again yeah. is probably because she was traumatized there as a child. Unquote. Yeah. So her mum just was like, "Yeah, let's not go there. Let's not." Because her mum probably so the kid's grandmother yeah, was probably yeah. like, "I don't really want to go there. Bad memories." Um, Although, but but do... now it's like she doesn't want to go there because she doesn't want to be close to where she came out, just in case she's caught or taken back. But you also, especially remember... now, she can feel something changing. She can feel a shift. So it's really quick before we, because I want to carry yes, on. Yes, Jeremiah eleven eleven. So Jeremiah eleven eleven. Um, the passage in the Bible is: Therefore, thus saith the Lord: Behold, I will bring evil upon them, which they shall not be able to escape. And though they shall cry unto me, I will not hearken unto them. So the idea being, fucking, I'm going to do something to them that's going to shake their world and they'll beg for me to change it, but I won't. And in this case, your fucking shadows are going to come back to take your place. Yeah. I won't do a damn thing about it. Nope. Like, I'm not going to do a damn fucking thing about it. Because again, that's the thing. I was like, why would the tethered believe in God? They didn't. Adelaide believes in God. Yeah. And believes that God gave her a sign, but it wasn't a sign. She just never belonged down there in the first place. Yeah. They sort of and now that she's there, she's acting differently than the tether. She starts to behave like re- uh, like the tethered who's on the surface yeah. now because the soul thing, the idea that they are a, a shadow, it just happens. It just starts to happen. And of course, the but she tethered acts of out the people from... around yeah. Adelaide in the surface world then obviously interact with her in the same ways she starts to act out differently though from time to time yeah. and that that sort of wakes them from because we presume this is the point where they've long been abandoned by the government yeah the government have left them for a while maybe someone's coming back from time to time to provide clothes and clean maybe because yeah. everything's spotless outside of the classrooms there's like sort of blood stains in the wood of the desks but there's not like you know it's not like gross and gore everywhere no, no, no. and that the escalator is still lit and there is access to the tunnels that isn't like boarded up or or what have you. Well, so, it could be that after Adelaide... But again, that's was, open-ended. After Red has, has sort of taken control, she's started to manage that stuff. Oh, she's definitely managed something. Like, why are they all wearing red jumpsuits? Because the Hands Across America logo is a bunch of red stick figures. Yep. So they look like the Hands Across... When they are holding hands at the end of the movie, it's the Hands Across America logo. Yeah. Um, so, but the reason I the reason I keep bringing this up is because eleven eleven Jeremiah eleven eleven is on the sign. Um, the Bible passage out, it's eleven eleven on, on the clock. Yeah, uh, we see it's eleven eleven represented in a black flag T shirt worn by one of the Tyler twins uh. in the form of four blocks. Um, Gabe's watching baseball. The announcer says retired at eleven eleven. Um, <laughs> Yeah, there's when uh da, 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 say man this that, and the other I'm trying to see if there's any other mentions. Uh none of them mentioned specifically, but it's Yeah. So uh, one Reddit fan pointed out that the Jeremiah eleven eleven passage could be interpreted one of two ways. The evil are the tethered who are coming for mankind unable to escape, or the evil is the pointless suffering the tethered have to endure for the sake of humanity. Yeah. Because um, it is pointless. The experiment didn't the work and they, they just abandoned it. They are they are murderous, they are villains in that sense, but they are victims of someone else's Red is a wronged woman. Yeah. Like, absolutely. Well, oh, what, what, well she has a life Ad- taken away from her. Adelaide, Adelaide, the, the, the replacement Adelaide, yeah. is a wronged woman and that's why she escaped. But she escaped by making someone yeah. switch with her. Not by going, I need to get out of here and tell people about what's happening. She's like, I'm just going to switch. Two wrong. I can, I can sense that she is here where I can get to her. Yeah. Where there is an access and I'm going to leave and I'm going to deal with... 
And what's amazing is so the way that Red speaks, we throughout the film we sort of interpreted it maybe as she's not really ever spoken. It's like a croaking, uh, yeah, like barely, like she's like she can't like her, her, throat, her throat can't quite form the words. But the the voice is sort of yeah, and and the voice is kind of full of these little guttural sounds that the other tethered make as well. Yeah. Um. Two things about that. One, after the film was said and done, I realised that in a couple of the bits where she was emotionally strained, Adelaide also made those noises. Yeah. Not just at the end. And it, you know, she starts to do it on. more and more as the film goes on. Yeah. Yeah. Particularly so, after she kills Red. Yeah. yeah. But uh, also, you pointed this out after the film, which I thought was genius. Of course she speaks like her throat's fucked. She hasn't sp- spoken for 23 years. Yeah. And what was the last thing that happened to her before she did? Screamed. And what did the what did the doppelganger do? What did the tether do? Oh, uh, throttled her. Throttled yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. As a kid, if you were, if you were to be throttled like violently by because they sort of subtly imply that the tethered are a bit stronger, maybe just because <laughs> you know that they they don't you know unlike humanity where we can be lazy and we can overindulge in foods and saturated fats and things like that, they don't. They eat the same thing. And they're adapted to eat the same thing with each generation. So sort of imply subtly imply that the tethered are stronger than we are if by at least a fraction yeah if someone regardless of how small they were throttled you and crushed your windpipe when you were a child that's some damage that's going to stick with yeah. you forever well, I mean fucking <laughs> let's let's have a look at what happens to the tethered Tex takes a fucking uh, poker <clears throat> fireplace poker to the forehead yeah and and survives yeah but um Abraham gets the shit beaten out of him it's not until he gets chewed up by an outboard motor that he... That yeah, he oh on. God. Which yeah. again, another great bit of, of setup and payoff is they set up that that um, the outboard motor on the boat needs a Doesn't quite smack work. Yeah. When, it, when it cuts out. So when he's being fucking uh, when, when, grappled when Abraham's by Abraham's climbing out of the water trying to yeah. pull Gabe back in at the back of the boat. Gabe yeah. headbutts the... The, uh, the motor. The motor. And gets <laughs> it started again. Which... Does horrible things to Abe's lower half and kills him. Sprayed with Gabe. Um, <laughs> it's Gabe on Gabe action. I know, right? Gabe sprayed by some Gabe. Um, right in his eye. Sorry, uh, fucking one of the twins is is pushed <laughs> off the balcony and through a glass table after getting hit in the head with a fucking um, putter. Yeah, but, and then gets up later on still. Like they they do some shit. <laughs> they do some nasty ass shit. To these Pluto people. walks backwards into now a burning that's car. wonderful. I love that because it's sort of again it it's there for you to develop it yourself in terms of how the logic but, works. Yeah. But it implies that the younger the tethered are, the more the connection's still kind of there, and it's taken a while because out of all of them, Pluto's the only one who sort of starts to copy but I don't, things that Jason does at that moment. I don't even think it's a tether thing. I think it's just Pluto just wants to play with Jason yeah, yeah, and, he, and, he, yeah. And, he's, and, and part of that is the mimicry yeah he, seem, um, he seems happy when he mimics him yeah like when he starts mimicking the fire trick in the cupboard he's happy yeah and then when the cupboard gets locked and they're separated he's screeching and, and he's banging he also acts more like a person when he's around Jason he doesn't scurry and climb up stuff yeah when, when he's, he's with Benny he acts like a dog yeah um, but which yeah, again Jason, sort of, but it's Jason that realises that and forces his doppelganger to... Jason is, what, 10, 11? Yeah. If that... He notices forces his that doppelganger I'm... to kill himself. The fact that Pluto has got, like, 
third degree burns all up his face and his mouth is it's practically sealed low, shut by like yeah. the burns the entire um, lower half of his face is just burnt tissue because of course because he's probably been playing with something down below this whole time that eventually caught fire he or what, fire. had fire in it and didn't know why he was doing it but nope. of course unlike Jason's little trinket that's just a little spark thing whatever Pluto's been playing with has freaking lit him up on some occasions and he keeps doing it and he doesn't know why he's doing it because he's just doing what yeah. is, is... That's morbid as hell. Right, the more you think about the relationship between the mm. tethered and, and the surface world, the the more horrifying it is. Yeah. It's just... It's just hor- And again, you're like, what the, what the hell were the government hoping to achieve? Like, yeah, I, were, I, were, they, were they hoping to replace people with people of their own making? Or were they, they hoping to of, do like a, this soul puppetry thing? It was some sort of like post-Cold War MK Ultra mind control style thing. Again, they don't go into it because it's not necessary for our characters to know. No. We just know the government did a thing. They realised it didn't work the way they wanted. They left it. Because Red sort they, of gives you the info dump, but she only knows as much as she saw. And she thinks that God is the reason this is happening. Yeah. So she's not even like she's going. Broken. Here's she's the exposition. Even, yeah. It's here's the basics, and now I'm going to kill you. And of course. Like, okay. What you later, what you later realize, what like the closing shots of the movie is Jason realizes that his mother mm. is the original Red. Yeah. Yeah. And she's killed the original Adelaide. Yeah. So his mother is one of his mother is, these a, is a tethered. Yeah. But what does that actually mean? Well, she's mum. Like, it doesn't matter. He's only ever known mum. You think, think she, like she's shaken she, by it, though? Oh, he's definitely shaken, because what does he do? He immediately retreats back under his mask. Yes. Which he's been wearing, because they, they make a whole thing of, like, the sort of subtle implications that he's on the spectrum, and that he's he's definitely got social behavioural yeah, disorders. The twins, the twins call him weird. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's not making sandcastles at the beach. No. He's making tunnels. Yes. Um, again, just another little yes. bit of foreshadowing. Um, but yeah, Jason is—he's uh, been wearing a mask a lot. I think it's a—I think I saw Winston Duke confirming something this week that it's—it's it's a Wolfman. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Because definitely, definitely like a hairy beast. It's got little teeth and everything. Um, but he—he's he, wearing it so when he feels insecure, he's wearing—it's he's like a—it's like a superhero or supervillain. Yeah. He's, he's wearing a mask to so hide himself. He pulls himself. the mask down to hide himself when he feels like he needs to. Because uh, he has to be in, keep being reminded, take the mask off, you're at the dinner table, and things yeah. like that. Um, at the end, he sort of has this little realisation. I don't think Adelaide slash Red sort of cottons on folly that he knows. No, no. It's more from his POV. But also, what does that mean? Yeah, well, whatever it means, he's unnerved because he just pulls the mask down over his face. But also... And looks back out onto the road, not looking at his mum. Adelaide's mum knows... Because she says yeah. in the therapist's office, that is not my daughter. Oh, like she doesn't know no, but she feels it immediately. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and again, we just assume that it's like, my husband's fuck up, you know, watching our child has traumatised her and, and she's I not want the my girl. daughter back. Yeah, when like, you first hear it yeah. at the start of the film, you're like, I want my daughter back, that's not my little girl. Like, that, oh, it's, you know, she's she's changed to the point where she doesn't feel the same. no. Literally, yeah, she is not, and because we don't get to sort of learn more about that relationship, really, other than that Jason obviously was close with her, yeah, uh, with, with his grandmother. It'd be interesting to see what that relationship was like as they grew up. Maybe the mum eventually just accepted I that so. things were a bit different because there's you know paintings of the two of them on the wall. Well, there's that moment where where Red comes into the house first time and she's looking at the painting. 
Yeah. On the wall. It's not, she's not admiring it. She's recognising it. Yeah. Because to her, she's like, oh, I remember us painting this. Well, me down below copying yeah. us painting this. And he, she's obviously like, oh, that's mum. And that's that should have been me. Because it, it's, it's obviously Adelaide a little older in the picture. Like, she's a bit yeah. taller. And so it's like, that should have been me. That when she goes to, to open the closet, the mm. Pluto's trapped in, she knows that closet. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Ah, oh, that monologue that establishes just the basics of We Are Your Shadow yeah. is so good. And apparently, Lupita Nyong'o is not all out method, but a lot of people who, when they use an accent, and I've, I've done this when I've used accents in, in things, sort of stage stuff, like you do tend to sort of speak in it all day if you're not too confident in it. It's just or, a good way or, to maintain or, consistency, really. Yeah. yeah. Um, like Brad Dourif. Spoke in a British accent for the entirety of the Lord of the Rings shoot. <clears throat> Did he? Yeah. Brilliant. Because he wanted to make sure it was consistent. To the point where Bernard Hill, when they rapped, and he started using his regular voice again, Bernard Hill thought he was putting it on. It's like, hey, Bernard, how are you doing? Yeah. Brad Dourif here. And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> Why did you just come over to me and say your full name? Yeah. <laughs> and that's when he choked him out and left Bernard unconscious in the corner and said, nothing like a quick strangulation to get the circulation going. Um, <laughs> One of the most famous slashes of all time. He's great. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's some of the, you know, some actors do like, it's not, it's not an all out method technique per se, but it's a, like you say about maintaining the consistency. Yeah. Um, Lupita Nyong'o, on every occasion where they could, they shot Adelaide stuff one day and Red stuff another day. So when they were doing like the fireplace scene... She's going to go back and forth, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so when they were doing the fireplace scene, which is great for her because it means that she can just concentrate. And same with the other actors, but obviously that dialogue, that scene, she has all the dialogue. So the rest of them, it's about their physicality. Yeah. So And the physicalities are so different. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. God, that's amazing. But but in a sense that it's like she's got the, the lion's share on those days. So they would shoot the fire. I think they said they shot the fireplace conversation over like a four day, five day period. That wouldn't surprise me. Um, it was like one day for the stu- for the stuff um, needed for the family, and two and a half days for the stuff needed for the doppelgangers. Um, but Lupita Nyong'o would talk like Red, yeah, yeah, and move like Red all day because again, like you say, consistency. consistency. It's just easier to do. Uh, she apparently damaged her voice a bit on the first two days it wouldn't surprise me and then kind of found the comfortable spot yeah because it's yeah. based on an actual um, condition she utilised it from I can't remember what it's called now but it's it's uh, it, it's about when the, th- when the throat and the muscles of the throat have not been used for a very long time yeah um, that's what she based it on and then obviously certain vocal quirks are added that comply with the other actors and what noises they're making as their tethered counterparts and yeah and just to laugh, like that really sort of forced stagey laugh. Some uh, people are saying that there's a communism um, and, and sort of like, you know, the idea of, of, of Russian interference subtlety to the, everything that's going on. Possibly. Not not directly, not like, this is a Russian thing, but like that allegory is used there, like America, it, and, America, and, there. The, America and the people under America start steering it. Because they claim that Adelaide's facial scars by the end, looks sort of like a sickle on one cheek and stuff. I think stuff. that's a bit and of a... Of a bit of a stretch, but, but it's, it's... I think this is another one of those where, like, in a few months, Jordan Peele, on, like, the home video release, will do, like, a variety interview or whatever. Oh, yeah, I remember. Like he so. did with Get Out and say, like, right, here are some of the theories, here's what I think about them. Yeah, because that was a really good game. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, in it, he sort of goes, like, yeah, we did think about this, and yeah, we did think about this, and no, that's, that's nonsense, but 
I'm, I'm fascinated that you came up with that. Yeah. And that's not what we thought, but that's really cool. And I can see where you got that. And it was just like, oh, this is a really cool way to deal with it. Us is totally going to have a similar kind of conversation going the other way, I think. Uh, let's talk about the ending, because I, I, that ending, again, like I said, we had a different interpretation of it, in a sense. Um, but that, to me, got me interested, because anyone who's listening to this who's seen it, who wants to talk about it in email uh, in the next couple of episodes, I'll just talk with us on Twitter. Oi, Minnie! Dog's being a bit of an arsehole, in case you can't tell. Talk to us on Twitter about it. Um, the ending, when we get the flashback at the end as Adelaide's driving away, and we see the full, which is a great idea, we see the full events of the prologue. Yeah. Um, I took that to mean that um, it was just, as, as a thematic thing, as a narrative thing, that was just revealing to us the full story, and that Adelaide like knew this all along. So when we watch it again, we can look out for signs of, oh, that's why she's acting this way. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you but you took it uh, you took it to mean that she, it was sort of like th- these events have kind of brought it back to the surface. I feel like she was remembering it. it. So she had sort of settled into, oh, no, I'm the original. Like she'd sort of settled into that yeah, in a way. I almost feel like she completely believed mm-hmm. that she had seen, seen her do- double and fled. Which I can totally buy as well because... Like the whole idea of them being connected in some spiritual way yeah, yeah. Uh, would mean that yeah, she does kind of she does sort of remember that night on the boardwalk. She was doing it down below, but she was doing it down below because someone was doing it up above. Yeah, so she would possibly have a mental memory of that. So I yeah, yeah. but but that to me is interesting because it, it means that the film can sort of be interpreted in those two ways on a revisit, which is yeah, she doesn't know. And it kind of comes more to the surface as the events of this story unfold. Yeah. But the other interpretation could be watching it with the idea of, okay, so she's a tethered. She knows she's a tethered. She's got a suspicion something's going to rumble her on this particular occasion. Yeah. And her panic is due to that, not due to the childhood trauma. And and I wonder how the Peter played it. I wonder if she played it like so it was ambiguous. So either of those two sort of perspectives could work or whether she picked one. All, all I know is it's made me excited a, to rewatch it. Yeah, I think it's one of those where, I'm, depending on how extended the features are in the home release, it's one I'm definitely going to dig into. Yeah, because like, like Get Out, I think there's a lot of depth to it. Yeah, there's definitely quite a bit going on that on first viewing just don't. I mean, like, like I said, after Chud, Chud. Um, I didn't even didn't notice that. Nope. I, just, I mean, I, 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 just I saw the cover it. and I went, "Oh, Chud." Sure. Yeah, I clocked it and thought, yeah. "Oh, that's a funny, that's a funny gag." On reflection, that's Jordan, that's Jordan Peele shouting out to trashy eighties horror. On reflection, holy shit, he just told us what the movie's about. Yeah, <laughs> he just told us what the film was about. Yeah, in the opening shot, we didn't even realize. Yeah, um, and the hands across America commercial, all that stuff. Like as that's happening, you're like, this is going to play a part in the story somehow. Of course it is. Yeah, Why would you be showing gonna, us this? Yeah, how's this going to play in? But you just don't know how until you. Get feeling all end. feeling all those bits come together. Yeah. So satisfying. I um I I can't wait to revisit it. I can't wait for the home release. I think it should be recognised in the award circuit later in the year going I, into next year. I if mean it isn't it's if a crime. Get out was any I mean Lupita Nyongo should get a best actress nod. Oh god yeah. Hands down. No, no, do you know no, Lupita Nyongo should get a best actress nod. As should Lupita and Younger. Yeah, yeah. They should Two. nominate her for both. Why not? Why not? <laughs> um, yeah, very good. Very, very <laughs> Could you good. imagine that? Lupita and Younger for us. And Lupita and Younger for, for us. us. 
Um, I also love the double meaning, the fact that it is about America and what it means to be an American citizen and your freedoms and rights, and that the title itself is US. Yeah. <laughs> when, she, when she says, because she says... Um, she asks, who are you people? She says, who are you people? She says, we're Americans. We're Americans. That's like, so good. Oh God. Which again, some I saw this week, someone said, it normally you'd say like, what are you? She doesn't. She says, who are you? Because she knows full fucking well who they are. Yeah. She knows. She's just sort of coming to terms with, wait a minute. Oh my God, I've just realised while she's talking about how like, they gave birth to a, to a beautiful baby girl and like, I gave birth to a monster. And, yeah. Um, gave birth to a, 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 a young you know a young boy and they had to cut you open and they took good care of you and so she had a c-section yeah, to yeah. give Jason give birth to Jason and like I had to do it myself yeah 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 I, I, you know you could definitely <laughs> which is uh... why she hates her tethered children which is why she despises them but they're part of her life because One they're part of Adelaide's life that um, her relationship with her physical relationship with Abraham was not necessarily consensual well, yeah, because the tether have never really thought about it before, but she has been thinking about it. Yeah, she's yeah. different, and she's saying like, "He's yeah." She found she found her prince charming. I was given Abraham, yeah. and it's just like, okay, is that is that just slagging him off? Oh no, you're implying that I did not choose this. No, but he but it happened repeatedly. He has done things to me and given like has has given me children, and that was not my choice. No. It was yours. You made that happen. It's like, oh God, like, oh, fuck. so no wonder she spent like 20 odd years, 22, 23 years getting them all to kind of wake up a bit and realize you, you, we need to change. Yeah. And it looks like she did it visually. Like she didn't obviously sit everyone down and go, here is a plan. For- oh, I sound yeah. like Voldemort and I'm trying to do an impression do of Red. Don't do that. there is a plan to kill Harry Potter. <laughs> Um, like she's she's over time she's like made that mural and stuff she's sort of put it in every all the tethered's heads we are going to do this yeah and then she's obviously got to the point where they're all disconnected just enough that they all can take part in this uprising and but also one, killing one, their... once they're tethered is once yeah. their human counterpart is dead they're free now they're free to do what tell everyone that they exist prove to the world that they exist I love the yeah, fact, yeah. classic horror movie ending as well, of just like, well, told in a slightly more kind of artsy way, instead of like, the monster's still alive! It's, yeah, the monster, unquote, won. And that's the ending of the movie. Yeah. Here they are. And the news cameras are coming in on their helicopters to film it. And we're going to see the outcome? No, because we don't need to. Because people are saying, is this part one of two? Like, nope. Doesn't need to be. You could, if he, if he had a great idea for it, and I have anybody who would, it would be Jordan Peele. If in a few years he went, do you know what? I want to follow up us, and here's what happened next. Them. Them. <laughs> too it's. many them. It's. <laughs> Is that the fake one from Grindhouse? It's. <laughs> <laughs> no. Is Grindhouse Edgar Wright directed a fake horror trailer? I don't it's, know. It's, I don't know. Something like that. I know the, the, there's the <laughs> this Thanksgiving, which is the Eli Roth one. Yeah. Thanksgiving. 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 <laughs> Dark meat, all will be carved. Um, <laughs> the thing is, I would watch that. Thanksgiving. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, us. It's great. Go see it. But you should have already seen it if you're listening to this because we just spoiled the fuck out of it. Um, let's mm-hmm. have a look at some emails we've been wanting to catch up on. 
And I can't believe that Lupita Nyong'o was actually a giant worm the whole a time. A gigantic worm. Oh, hi. Worm. Hi, guys. Hi. You just clicked hi. the uh, time code to get to the email. Um, Sorry, we were just wrapping up a spoiler for us. Yeah, we've done an email um, for a couple of weeks, so we've got a couple to catch up on. Ooh. Uh, this one. This is two weeks old. Oh. Happy one... birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> this comes in from Jack. Hey, Jack. He says, hello. Once again. Again. You big damn lads. <laughs> In an effort to distract myself from a recent heartbreak, I found myself at my local Odeon watching Captain Marvel with my best mate. Aww. I found it was a great time and might I say a very very memeable. <laughs> Nick Fury was practically the bedrock of the film in my opinion and a source of great joy and hilarity for me. <laughs> On a more Doctor Who related note. <laughs> Mad and Chris, two lifelong Doctor Who fans, reluctantly talk about Doctor Who. Boom. Um, definitely inspired by Chris's recently uploaded review of Doctor Who Series 5. I un... <coughs> Pardon me. That, the did you write that? No, How did you spell write. it? Um, I unfortunately don't have much of the second Doctor's run in my collection. However, I do have the War Games. Mm. Is it strange that 14-year-old me was completely entranced by it despite its very, very lengthy length? <laughs> it's lengthy length. <sighs> I don't think that's weird at all. I think it's great. Yeah, I think that was the... F- First Second Doctor story I own that was a Second Doctor story as well, actually. Oh, okay. Probably around the time, probably around the age of 14, 15, 16, or whatever it was it came out. Um, the first... Uh, I had him I had him in the Three Doctors and in the Five Doctors. The first visual one Oh, and the Two Doctors by that point. Was um, Two of the Sidemen. Uh, if I lent you a copy <laughs> when I first watched it. Because it, it was the... No, no, no. You must have had it on DVD at some point. I had the VHS originally. Oh, you must... Did you have the DVD? Yeah. Did you, your dad have the DVD? I got the DVD. Because the first release, wasn't it? It wasn't the special edition from no, the Revisitations. That's when I first saw it. Early vidfire. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's not weird to be entranced by the war games. It's amazing. It's and and again, on my first watch, I thought, yeah, it's, yeah, okay. Like, I like it, but it's a bit long. And it's like, On my rewatch for this, which you'll see in the Series 6 video review that Lou and I have done, which we've already filmed, and you're going to see it probably, like, mid-April. Um we bloody loved it and I really enjoyed it on my revisit to it like I thoroughly enjoyed it <laughs> mm. um, as ever like a big story it could have done with maybe two less episodes but I don't think it loses anything in its story by being as long as it is it just could be tightened a little that's about it well what couldn't giggity oh <laughs> uh, didn't really know how to end this so I guess I will just stop at some point end <laughs> Thanks, Jack. Short and sweet. That's how endings work. Jack and I like it. And I'm glad you enjoyed Captain Marvel by Jingo. This Me- one. Meme it as much as you can for the very short, foreseeable future. No memes. memes. are not a thing anymore. No memes. Oh, um, God. No memes. Sorry, a wonderful tweet talking about that that just basically described, a, you know, the guy looking over his shoulder at the other girl. <laughs> oh, yeah, thing, yeah. But it's just a tweet that just described a scenario <laughs> in full. <laughs> and it came out last night around the time of the announcement of the Article 13 thing. It was just like, Excellent. that's funny, but also depressing. Uh, this one comes in from Jacob! Jacob! Says, hello. That's what, that's, what, that's what sound he makes when you put the game Jacob. cartridge in. Jacob! Uh, hello, big damn cokers. Wait, what? It's been a while. Wait, what, what did you just accuse us of? Um, <laughs> so I've seen Captain Marvel... Three times. Thrice, And it's bloody good. It is, isn't it? It is, isn't it, Jacob? I should hope that you felt that, considering you'd seen it three times. It has a brilliant quote-unquote villain, and I hope we see him again, but I unfortunately doubt it. 
Brie Larson is great as Carol, if not a bit wooden at times, which is totally fine. I did not feel the same, Jacob. I apologise. But yeah, she is great. Uh, Sam Jackson is brilliant as always. And the de-aging isn't distracting at all. And honestly looks like 90s Sam Jackson. Mm. It's like he's just stepped out Um, of the 90s into the sphere of the today. And it endgame beautifully. I think you missed out a couple of words there, Jacob. (laughs) Uh, Talking about endgame, the new trailer was excellent. And I'm so bloody excited for it to come out next month. Um, what Marvel villain <laughs> would you like to see return? Lots of love, Jacob. 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 It Jason. Looks, it looks like there might be scenes on the raft in Endgame. It seems that way, or at least a spaceship. There's uh, the stuff of Clint running away from an explosion in metal corridors. Um, and the fact that Ant-Man seems to be leaping through parts of that explosion in what looks like it could be an office, because there's like a headphone jack Giant and pencil. concrete and pencils. So if the raft is going to feature... During the breakout or chaos going on in the raft, can we have a nod to um, disassemble? Was was it disassembled or breakout? Breakout before you get bum rushed at the wild wild west. Yeah. Um, uh, or should we quote Neil Cicerega? Break out before you get bees. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> if there's going to be some of the raft, give us a mini homage to um, to breakout. And have a few past villains that are incarcerated be involved in a breakout. Just, just for a scene. Uh, no, because that would be too much explanation for things. He said, nope. do the summit with the leader. Give Tim Blake Nelson. Yeah. Give him his day, please. The abomination. Abomination. I want abomination to rock up. Because it will not only make people go... It will not only be another homage to phase one, like Red School was. Yeah. But it will make people go, oh yeah, the Incredible Hulk. And also, maybe that's the thing that wakes... Hulk up, or at least push, brings him back out to be like, oh, fine! Like, Hulk comes out and beats the shit out of Abomination. That would be pretty cool. Like, and also it'd be an easy way to sneak Tim Roth into the movie, because you'd just be filming it on a soundstage quietly. Yeah. And you wouldn't have to publicly go, Tim Drop Roth's in. in the film! Drop it would, it, it would be like Red Skull. It'd just happen and we go, oh shit! I think that one wraps really well. Yeah. Yeah. And they've kept everything about... Uh, Endgame on the wraps. Really yeah, well. eight minutes of footage given to the trailer people. Eight minutes of three hours. That's all they've got. We know nothing about what this film's about, uh, um, aside from what you can possibly glean online. Do we want less than see... a month away, guys? Don't don't push it. Do we want to see Ronan if there's a Captain Marvel midquel? A Captain Marvel sequel set before? Oh, Ronan. Uh, I thought I said Ronan. I was no. like, what? We're getting that's Clint in this film. Um, yeah. Mm, I'd like to see Ronan in that film, but I don't think he should be the focus. Again, I think I think Siege should be so... Or make him the focus, but he's not like the villain. He's the one of two or three kind of thingies. Um, the Kree... The, the Kree sort of extremists should be in that film for sure, because it's tied into her story. Extremists. Terrible. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean... Ronan got a film and he was one of the few sort of Marvel villains that hasn't been forgotten because he was just sort of there. Like, when you think of Guardians of the Galaxy, the moment someone says, name someone from the film aside from the Guardians of the Galaxy, they're probably going to go, the dude with the big hammer and the blue face. Uh, What's the face? With the blue face. Blue face. All the people with blue faces. The blue face group. The guy who says, what a bunch of (laughs) a-holes. Blue face people. Um, Other than that, I mean, if you're going to do the raft, that's an excuse to bring in a bunch of, like, random little cameos, like Batrock and people like that. Zemo. Just... I don't know what Zemo's going to do during a breakout. 
don't so, know. <laughs> execute uh, January day. Uh, fuck, he's not here, is he? No. Uh, okay, goodbye. No, but I think Zemo could... I think you could do something with Zemo. Um, who else? <laughs> could fittingly recur after their <laughs> abbreviated appearances. You could, use, you could use Ghost. You could, could use, use her to infiltrate the raft, for example. Uh, you could use... Um, God damn it. Uh, uh, Ghost is totally the villain for Iron Man VR, Mordo. by the way. Um, Mordo? Or Mordo? Oh, oh uh, maybe not for Avengers, but absolutely no, for but Strange 2. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for Strange 2, absolutely. Yeah. Um... Mostly so that all the tie-in merch can stop just referring to the character as Mordo yeah. and showing uh, just Chiwetel Ejiofor-esque recreations in a green robe. I'm like, can you be Baron Mordo now? Baron and Mordo, please. Have Chiwetel grow like a little beard and wear a stupid Doctor Strange cape and be evil? That'd be great, please. Yes, please. That'd be fun. Yes, please. Just, uh, just more Chiwetel Ejiofor uh... in everything. In fact, if his character from Serenity can just rock up in these films for no yeah. reason, that'd be great. That'd be all right. Who else do you want to see? This is a noble death. This is victim is sliding chest first down a sword. Who do you want to see him... Who do you want to see first? Who do you want to see him first? Who do you want to see... <laughs> Who do you want to see... I want to see my wife and kids! Who do you want Where to see... Who let me see them? Make their first appearance in an upcoming Marvel movie. Oh, snap. What villains would you pair let's, off? Let's pick some of the movies we know are coming. Um, and sort of gravitate toward their villains, as it were. Shang-Chi has no good villains. Well, Shang-Chi, I think, you rede- I, I think you redeem the shit out of the hand. Yeah. yeah. You redeem the shit out of the hand, you make them part of the plot, but you make the villain a rando Marvel villain. Yeah. Because it would be the finale would be a bit boring if it was just Kung Fu Man fights ninjas. We've seen that in films. Yeah, yeah. In the words of John Peel. I've seen that movie. I've seen that movie. Um, so, have Shang-Chi face off against somebody like freaking... I don't know, like Razor Fist. The a- <laughs> no, jokes aside, the owl, like go crime family, uh, like do the owl. Um, so maybe like um, transplant some of the a lot of it, like some of the New York gang stuff to Silvermane, to the Hammerhead, uh, to the to East Asia. Fuck Hammerhead. Well, with Shang Chi, I'm assuming the story's probably going to take place in America because they can't help themselves, but. That kind of level. Or, or you know, who are the villains who are a bit more international? Who go from place to place? <gasps> Madam Hydra. Oh, Modoc. An aim. Modoc. Well, we've had aim. We have we have had aim. Well, imagine aim. But we've, we've not had aim, let's be honest. Imagine we've aim. Had, we've had Aldrich Killian's advanced idea mechanics. We've I, not had aim. We've had, let's have aim reimagined under a rebuilt... Uh, <laughs> Aldrich Killian as Modoc. I mean, I'd watch Guy Pierce's giant head fall around. I'd watch Giant Pierce's guy giant head float around. I'd watch Giant Pierce's guy head float around with little arms and legs. Listen, I've been up since four this morning and very, very confused. You wanna you wanna do you wanna show off Kung Fu moves against something that would actually require you to be on it? Yeah. Fucking Doc Ock. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Doc Ock in a Shang-Chi movie. Um just like punching away whilst eight arms well. Six arms and two stubby legs try and punch at him. Would be quite funny to watch. Razor fist, though. Razor fist! How does Razor fist <laughs> wipe his butt? <laughs> How? 
How does he do it? True story. More on this at 11. Um, 11, 11. I want to see Shumagura. All right. He's a fighting game character. But, but it wouldn't be like he's the main villain. It'd be like the uh, the James Bond style action cold open of Doctor Strange 2. Would be Doctor Strange fighting, like, sealing oh, yeah. Shumagurath in in, back into his dark dimension or wherever he's Oh, from. God, yeah. Physically depicted on the earthly plane as them shoving it in a cupboard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like just to watch people shoving like Wong holding the doors there's down a, there's as these awful... squiddly limbs just stick out of the gaps and he's like if you would hurry up that'd be great <laughs> there's an awful lot of that in the Jason Aaron Doctor Strange run yeah oh, of that so. kind of stuff it's really really fun <laughs> um, and uh, um, Chris Bachelor does a lot of the art as well so it's that kind of sort of exaggerated sort of fluid cartoony kinetic looking stuff who would you put in Black Panther 2? Claw, again. <laughs> no, we can't do it. I mean, it would be freaking ballsy if they were suddenly like, you can't, you here's can't, Mech man. Andy Circus in a red onesie Whoa. with a pink face. Uh, who would I do in Black Panther? I love that oh. I love that since that version of the character's been out, they've kept him consistently South African in, yeah. in all adaptations since. Because he's, yeah. he's in Earth's Mightiest Heroes, but he's um, German. Yes. And he's voiced by Mark Hamill. Yes. But ever since Circus showed up in Age of Ultron, any iteration of the character has now been overtly South African. Yeah. Right down to the excruciatingly horrific Lego Marvel Hero Superheroes 2, which I've been playing through. Oh. You've got the little red and purple with metal silver spoon oh. arm claw. Walking around talking like this. He's like, I'm going to get you, Black Panther. Just like, that's great. I love that. Um, I do like that. Who would you put in Black Panther? Who would you put in Black Panther? Because um, the, the, the obvious sort of thing would be like, oh, Killmonger for the first one, you've put Claw in it as well. Oh my God, you've got to do White Ape. You've got to do Umbaku. But well, can. no, he's in it and the character's been recontextualized and for the better. So Also Winston Duke. Yeah, he's not a villain. He, he's an antagonist of T'Challa, but he's not a villain. He's, he's, he's an enemy. He's, he's, en- he's more friend of me now. He's a, he's a thick daddy fremony. He's a thick daddy fremony. 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 No. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're thinking far too um, much about Winston Duke and his I, delicious thighs. I would um, like to see Black Panther, White Tiger. Mm, yeah. And have White Tiger as sort of a antagonist who become who Black Panther takes under his wing and is like, no, this is the true way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get some of that kind of flow, you know what I'm saying, motherfucker? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, with Black Panther, though, you could do you could go more James Bondy with Black Panther for the next one yeah. if you wanted. Like he's now doing international like outreach stuff. You could have T'Challa on a world mission. You take the Afrofuturism flavor of Wakanda and you take it into other locations for the sequel. Yeah, and you could go. So quite... it, reta- it retains its flavor, but it, it it's about it, it's about the ongoing expansion of Wakanda's mission. Because if it was just all in Wakanda again. What was the point of the ending statement of the first film where they're like, we need to do more in the world? But you could do something like have... Plus the espionage shit in, in um, uh, Soul or whatever it is in Black Panther is really good. Yes. <laughs> uh, you could, Well, you could have something like... Um, Tonight Guerrero just throwing a wing. A resurgent... <laughs> yes. So a resurgent Hydra sort of doing human trafficking stuff and Black Panther trying to get... Yeah. Or something like that. <gasps> That'd be awesome. It also means that Nakia would be central to the plot because Nakia is all about freaking rescuing people who are yeah, don't exactly. have anyone to stand up for them. Exactly. So that'd be awesome. God damn it. I just want to see all these movies. I mean, Mysterio's in the next Spider-Man. The sky's the fucking limit at this point. The Eternals. I don't know shit about the Eternals, but they're doing it. 
The Eternals has probably got to be from like a more human perspective, hasn't it? Like they've got it's got to be a it's got to be a Transformersy kind of. And here's what this world is about. Come with us, relatable human characters. I know the main dude is a Prince Adam of Eternia looking motherfucker called Acaris. Yeah, and I know Cersei. Yeah. Well, they, well, I don't she was think, on the I, Avengers for a while. I don't think they'll be your main characters. I think they'll be. A, I think they'll be a window into it character. But I've no idea what the fuck they're doing with. Because we've not had that. We've not had a Marvel film where the main character is just somebody who bears witness to this stuff. No, it's always the hero or or the heroes. No, that's true. So that would be an interesting new way to do it. Like they, like if they hadn't done Incredible Hulk, I would expect a Hulk movie to be about Rick Jones, for example. They could have done it with Thor from James Foster's point of view, but they. St- front-loaded it with a bunch of Thor stuff. Yeah. If they'd have just started it cold open with... Then researching stuff and this dude just crash put, lands yeah. in Nevada or whatever. And yeah. then put all the Asgard stuff later on as sort of like, he's crazy crazy and it's like, no, actually he was telling the truth. Yeah. Because <clears throat> they, do kind, of, they do kind of borrow from the ultimate Thor a bit in the, okay, yeah, you're yeah, a god. Okay, okay you're then. a god, I guess. Whatever you say... Crazy man um, with oh oh you actually are summoning lightning oh okay um, there's something going on here they could have done is that this a schizophrenic um, science experiment gone wrong what's happening guys oh no he is a god the thing the thing we thought they bleached his eyebrows is they couldn't have <laughs> those eyebrows they couldn't have done that from a marketing standpoint because you have to get people to buy the idea first <clears throat> yeah yeah I get so it. you couldn't have it as the reveal of the movie um, so that's yeah. the thing that concerns me about doing that kind of feel with a movie but it might have to do that with the Eternals because well, people might buy it a bit more now because they'll, they'll see the Eternals. they'll see Marvel Studios and they'll go okay the Eternals like there's some superhero-y otherworldly sci-fi shit going on like take us into it random new human they've, character they've, done, they've got away with Guardians of the Galaxy twice dum, 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 and there's dum, a third one coming so yeah. I think the sky's the, yeah like you say the sky's the limit higher further faster baby <sighs> higher further Faster, more. Oh, more, <laughs> more next week. Yes. If you want to listen to the Big Damn Cast, you're already doing it. But if you want more, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and the podcast app completely free. If you prefer to stick it in a tab while you're browsing and looking at other things, you filth. Then you can listen along on YouTube on the Big Damn Channel. Matt does adventures in backlogging, and I stream from team to team on twitch.tv slash bigdamnstream. Yes. Video game nonsense for your eyes, ears, and possibly your neck. And you can tweet us and get in touch with us anytime at bigdamcast on Twitter and bigdamcontact at gmail.com on the old pigeon mail. But before we go, this pink ball has some wise words. Um, okay, I'm just going to stop recording, oh god.